All right, welcome everyone to this week's Liberty Libations. I'm Nick and I'm hosting this week because Jake's in Iceland or somewhere fake like that. So same deal as I guess last week when he wasn't here. Uh, we're gone, so we're going to run the show the way we want to this week instead of the way he wants to. So we're going to you know, sit back, grab a drink, and we're going to have a little bit of fun for about the next two hours or so. Uh, with me, I've got uh, Stephen, like usual. Cheers. Uh, we have Zane, who may end up winning uh, trivia again tonight because I wrote the questions, and he's probably most familiar with the topic, just from a general knowledge perspective. And then we have Alden. So. <laughs> and he's Alden. Right. Yeah. No, no intro necessary there. Defending trivia <laughs> champion. That's true. First time, yeah. Yeah, by the way, the doctor said I should drink uh, fewer beers per week. So uh, this is my one wine for the evening. Yeah. Yeah. One nice. shelf. <laughs> That's right. I didn't want to get up to refill either. So I went a pint cocktail as well. So why not? Hopefully, by the next time I'm on, I'll be drinking the meat I'm currently making. Oh, nice. I've got it in the fridge cold crashing right now. So Nice. Well, okay, so you're cold crashing. What kind yeah. of yeast did you use? Um, I forget what it is. I think D47 or something. Okay. On that one. So, yeah, I've got that. I've got something else going, too, that I'm trying out. So we're going to – we're having some fun. I've heard people yeah. use champagne yeah. use sometimes to, like, kick up the ABV, like, if you want a high-gravity mead. Sometimes the champagne use. That's what I've heard. I don't know. I don't make meat, but yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm trying it out. All we can do is uh, you know, pour water and yeast and honey into a thing and try some different things and see what happens, right? That's right. I'm drinking. Oh. Hopefully it doesn't come out bad. I'm hoping it comes out all right. So we'll know soon enough. Well, there's just there's times to be clean and there's times to be sanitary. <laughs> and most of the time, you only have to be clean. Uh, really, you don't even have to be clean most of the time. You just have, like, when you have to be sanitary, you absolutely have to be sanitary. Um, we so, <laughs> yeah. There's this beautiful stuff called Star Sand, and uh, it's a food safe sanitizer. So, you just, you, yeah, you dilute it in water, and uh, if you drink a little bit, whatever, you're good. I still so. have like a pet peeve when people like wash their carboys out with it and then they like go like sploosh and there's still like a lot inside it and then they fill it up or whatever, just like flavor wise. I still like, I'm like, rinse it better than that. You know? There's no flavor to it. Ah, quit your whining. <laughs> yeah, it's good for you. Yeah. yeah. Makes you stronger. All right. So, uh, first topic tonight, uh, Zach, you want to pull something up for us? All right. It's cute. Garrett, we're also learning some Trump supporters posted the names and addresses of the Georgia grand jurors online. One post even said, quote, these jurors have signed their death warrant by falsely indicting President Trump, end quote. What more do we know about how this happened and what's being done to protect these jurors? Yeah, Anna, it's disturbing. And this is uh, due to a quirk in the Georgia law that when these indictments are filed, the names of the grand jurors are made public. They're available on the documents. 
that could be accessed by anybody, just the same way reporters access them. And in this case, uh, the names and in some cases associated addresses have started to pop up on some pro-Trump forums and websites. Some good government groups have flagged this. But right now, the sheriff's office isn't commenting on this. It's not clear what steps, if any, are being taken to protect these grand jurors and sort of how serious any of these threats are at this moment. But it just speaks to the broader environment here where you have judges, attorneys, prosecutors, and now grand jurors getting mm-hmm. caught up in uh, you know personal attacks for their roles in the justice system's uh, efforts to investigate the former president. All right, this is a perfect example of my, what Michael Mouse refers to the media as being factual but not truthful, because they they started off by saying, "Oh, the the personal information of all these grand jurors has been posted online," and then two minutes into the clip, you realize that they were posted online because Georgia law that they're posted online. <laughs> so it's all right. So not unusual, I guess. Let's uh, you know, let's start at the very simple parts here, right? First off, it's a good thing that grand jurors have their name out there. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna say, hey, this person should be charged and brought up brought up on charges for these things. You know what? You kind of want to know there's a name associated with it, and it wasn't just a couple people in a back room saying, yeah, we 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 decided to indict it. I mean, from a transparency perspective, you know, we kind of want to make sure that people are real and that these proceedings are happening and uh, having actual names associated with it. In my opinion, is a good thing. Now bad thing it's not the grand jurors fault that they indicted if incorrectly if that's the case right uh grand juries indict all the time because that's their job they lit they aren't given well here's this side and that side do you think there's enough they're told just you know it's really just a sham proceeding really it's yeah so here's all we have to prove and here's everyone that's going to tell you that we can prove everything and you're going to tell us that we had enough to prove what we said without telling you any other facts. So, I mean, it's, it's a bad system to begin with, but I mean, you're, you're telling people, yep, here's all you have to consider. And here's me giving one person that tells you, you know, here's me giving only people that tell you uh, exactly what I need you to hear. And that way you vote, you vote the way I want you to, you know? So they always, you know, it's very rare that, you don't get it by the time it goes there because it's just, yeah, I'm going to throw a couple things at, at them and that's that, right? There's really no accountability to it. It's a secret proceeding. Um, so there's, there's a whole issue with it. So no, don't blame the grand jurors. Do not go after the grand jurors. Like violence is not the case here. Don't go posting their addresses. Like that's not the, that's not the way to handle it. Well, and, and obviously you don't have to go posting their addresses because the government's already done that for you. Uh, because we have a constitutional right to face our accusers. Otherwise, and this is just rock-solid proof that the news media are raging communists. Otherwise, you just have a Stalinist star chamber. I don't know why I stuttered on that, but a star chamber, you know, akin to what Stalin put in place, of, of this nebulous, faceless, nameless people have accused you of something, and so now all of a sudden you're instantly guilty. You're having your rights deprived and stripped away. And if they can do this to a former president with... Secret Service detail. I mean, this is this is the part that's mind numbing to me. Do they honestly think they're going to have Trump go in that bed bug cell? Uh, you know, where Homeboy was just eaten alive a few months ago. Uh, he's going to have a, would a love that to happen. Uh, right, and it's just he's going to be in there with five Secret Service agents that are going to be armed. Uh, you know, they're they're not going to let Sheriff Labatt 
just take Trump away from the Secret Service detail. They will shoot the sheriff. Uh, it's just not going to happen. Uh, you know, and of course, in that scenario, I would favor the sheriff. But, uh, you know, it's just crazy to me that people can advocate for, you know, hey, don't you hate your constitutional rights? Let, you know, look at this flaw in the law that allows you to face your accuser. Right. Oh, and I, I feel like this is a very dangerous thing, whether whether it's actually, you know, whether people are further on posting this personal information to Twitter or beyond what's in the document or whatever, is that this gives the cover to, hey, we should change the law just so that uh, that that way these names are secret. That way people can feel protected in the way they mm. vote on this. And that's a really dangerous precedent, but you can see it's written all over it. I mean, it's always... I always think something like this. Hell, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's not actually being posted around on Twitter, but journalists are saying it is just to stir this up. Well, and, and here's another thing to look at is where was this level of reporting when Secretary of State Brian Kemp let out of CD-ROM of all the voter data in the whole state? Social security numbers, addresses, names, birth dates, phone numbers, voting record. Yeah. All of that got released under Secretary of State Brian Kemp. Uh, Equifax, you know, the login was admin admin on a server in Argentina. 200 million Americans had their identities compromised. Where was that level of reporting then? Hey, well, the flaw in the law allows these people to still walk free. Why aren't they swinging from a tree right now? Like, yeah, I mean, in yeah. case anybody needed reminded, anybody encouraging you to resort to violence is obviously a fed and should be laughed out of the room because <laughs> yeah. anything anything that you do and anything that sometimes you even don't do what they can claim that you were thinking about is going to be used against you to take your freedoms away so don't yep. stop any violent thoughts that anybody has not that anyone watching this would would even have those because we've been through this rigor mole so many times already but stop yeah. Yep. Oh, look, a pile of bricks. Where'd that come from? Dude, <laughs> it's weird because, like, I, you know, whenever that was going on, they're like, oh no, they tried to gaslight everyone and tell you, hey, there's a pile of bricks everywhere all the time. And I'm yeah. Like, on no, every street I have never driven down the street and said, hey, there's a pile of bricks. Yeah. And no construction. That just doesn't happen. Although. Yeah. Go to your local um, Applebee's pile of bricks. Several months, several months after that, because I remember I was living in Georgia and uh, I was at a, and you know, I'm driving through Sandy Springs and right on the corner, a pile of bricks. <laughs> like on Roswell Road, uh, like, like by the Kroger. Um, there you go. Like where uh, Roswell Road and then there's uh, like near the Chick fil A. So it can North happen. So it means that the Fed, like just north of, uh, of 285, I was driving by and like right on like one corner there, it was there was just a pile of bricks there. And I'm like, huh, who's rioting here tonight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, time to roll back some prices. <laughs> so I was, yeah, so time to get the old 100 discount. <laughs> I, I've seen it happen once where I didn't see any like noticeable construction. All right, so yeah, one time but I was also driving and like. There might have been like them like redoing like the crosswalk section or something. I don't know. But someone was just doing their papers. So yeah. So well, yeah, that was the other thing about 2020. Everybody was landscaping in 2020. Well, this was in the commercial <laughs> area of Sandy Springs, and it was probably 2021 ish. I don't know. So like, it was yeah. it was well past the time. Like it was several months after the whole like you know mostly peaceful the fiery but mostly peaceful protests. 
Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> Fiery, but mostly peaceful. Like it was, it was like well after that, probably the spring after. But yeah, they're stomping folks to death on the sidewalk, but mostly peaceful. Well, that clip was insane because he's literally standing in front of a fire, <laughs> saying that it's mostly right. peaceful. Yeah, don't believe your lion eyes, right? Yeah. Carry on, citizen. So. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's the big story coming out of Georgia is the Donald Trump indictment. And it's apparently like a whole bunch of other people got hit too on it. They're like charging anyone who at all denied that the Georgia election results, which I'm kind of concerned that they're going down the path of, well, you were in, in an official position and you denied it results. Therefore, you're a part of some giant conspiracy here. Well, hey, that's you know, if that's the case, they charge let's put Hillary. Let's finally lock Hillary up, okay? Because <laughs> I mean, she she denied like three elections. Right. So, I am concerned about that, um, and I'm concerned. Well, I mean, we've all li- I believe. Well, I don't know if we've all listened to it. I know I've listened. You know, listened to the transcript of the, the supposed call between uh, Donald Trump and Brad Raffensperger, where they're saying he's, you know, oh, Trump's. Sh- trying to shake him down and you hear it and it's like this is a guy saying dude i is like begging like dude i know there's something wrong please please look not like well you're gonna do this or uh we're gonna see what happens right it's it doesn't yeah it doesn't and i mean it's being aired constantly is that i need what a four thousand fourteen thousand however many votes i need i need this many votes that's the clip that's being aired but what's before and after it is they're shredding the ballots there's precincts that are shredding ballots, throwing them away, not reporting them. I need you to find them. You don't have to find all of them. Just find 14,000 out of the estimated quarter million. And I know, like, for a while there, I was following closely uh, with the election. Well, I was listening to, like, the propaganda report. We've had Brad Binkley on. Good guy. Yeah. And they were bre- they were breaking down for a while with uh, Garland Favrita from Voter GA. And I mean, he had a lawsuit going there. Other people had lawsuits and they, you know, he had his whole case laid out and said, yep, here's what we got. Here's what we want to see. You know, they, I think they got some of the evidence because they were, they were running, uh, I think they got access to the Fulton County ballots and they had done some proving that like ballots had been scanned multiple times and there were some batches coming back hundred percent Biden. You could tell also because, you know, he, I guess part of it was you'd scan the ballots forward. And then of course they're, you know, backwards at that point. So if it's directly inverse on it, you know, you kind of can tell that they were running it multiple times. And I think there were video also of them like taking it and throwing it back up on top and running it through. Again. There was a lot of really sketchy stuff with the Fulton County, especially, uh, you know, oh, burst water pipe. And then you find out leaky urinal. <laughs> right. And then, right. And, 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 then, and, then and then leaky urinal the inside the basketball stadium, the NBA basketball stadium. You know, like you, it's not. There's 200 other urinals. And then you saw the video where they were, uh, you know, the observers are standing there, and they're like, "Oh, we're shutting it down for the night." And then, uh, and then they leave and they turn out the lights, and then they come back in after everyone's gone, and lights come back on, and ballots, and then boxes start coming out from under covered tables, and it's like, they're like, "Oh, well, we didn't tell them we were done. We just said we were stopping for a little bit." And it's like. <laughs> That's not what that looks like. And also, it's illegal for you to have ballots under covered tables. Like, there's so much that was unaddressed. And I know uh, Garland was in it. He was in a lawsuit. And then uh, he was going along because he got access to those ballots. And it's going along, going along. And then all of a sudden, the judge rules he no longer had standing and tossed it. Because he wasn't, he wasn't, uh, his suit wasn't as an election challenge. It was under, 
some other law because he knew any election challenge was going to get tossed immediately. Right, right. Because I remember there was something that precipit precipitated from this. I'm not sure exactly which case it was, but it was um, there was a judge in Henry County, whatever the circuit is that goes through there. Right. Um, they ruled that the poll well, workers Henry, Henry, individually. Henry was Henry County was ruling on it because it was uh, the Fulton County and Fulton County judges uh, couldn't do Hen Fulton County judges couldn't rule on stuff going on in Fulton County. I believe is what was going on. Mm, got it. They were too close to it. They, they lived there. It was, yeah, they lived there. He had to go take it to a judge outside of the county. I believe that's Got why it. they were in Henry. Okay. Well, yeah, one of the things came out of that was poll workers can be sued individually for malfeasance during the election or election yeah. tampering. Uh, so, you know, we did get at least that far with that because, I mean, there was plenty of footage that was just slam dunk. Like, uh, that's not proper. You right. know, the, can't really prove that you've got a bunch of fake ballots in that box, but that box didn't come from one of one of the machines that came from somebody's car and the, the weird the weirdest part was that there's the, it doesn't seem like there's any legal way forward to challenge an election through the courts because every single case that was brought uh was struck down on standing or something procedural and no case that i saw was ruled on the merits the closest that got to it was uh the voter ga lawsuit like i said all of a sudden the judge you know, out of nowhere, just says, "Oh, yeah, I thought you had standing, but I decided, nah, you no longer have standing, so case is gone." But I, th I do believe it was either appealed or something else. But I think that case is alive again. Yeah, it never really got killed because that was. Um, well, it got killed, but something happened. I think that case is alive again. Who was it? Because I think it was, it was David Bell Isle was one of the Republicans running for Secretary of State. And this was like the big linchpin of his campaign. And of course, uh, he was using information from some speeches Ted Metz had given. <laughs> and he built half his campaign on the stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he had all the details that, that no other Republican was really saying. You know, it was like, hey, you know, elections are done deal, right? There was like, yeah, was, no, there's six other cases still active. So, you know, there was a bunch of different angles to attack this from. And I, I'm not sure how it's really going to shake out from a legal perspective uh but hopefully you know between the mix of that and uh, dinesh d'souza's documentary that he dropped the 2000 deals yeah hopefully we'll at least get some you know some more um i guess diligent participation in poll watching that was i mean that was compelling as far as like the mail-in ballots and like how that was handled i would just add too that it's from the way that like my vantage point of this across time or whatever, because I was in Florida for the 2000 election and all of that shenanigans. And I got like a lot of the like, oh, coverage of that. And um, I think I might be a pregnant Chad for Halloween this year. A pregnant Chad? <laughs> <laughs> the hanging Chads and pregnant Chads and whatever. Um, yeah, no, that was a mess down there. And that was more at the time in favor of the Republican Party candidate and then you know, most recently, of course, we've seen shenanigans more for the Democrats, which leads to my overarching argument all the time, which is that there's really no fucking difference. And there's like a systematic level thing to just pick whatever candidate makes sense to the agenda at the time or whatever. And at the time of Biden, they I, I think it was like they needed him and his particular flavor of bullshit for when COVID was going to be there and to, you know, do 
all the lockdowns and everything like that or whatever. That's like sort of my theory, but I've seen I, it go think, both ways. Like, well, and then seeing all the, all the grift coming out of Ukraine and, and, you know, I think they had some loose ends. They still had to button up that, you know, even though he's not really, um, doesn't have all his faculties, you know, the elevator doesn't go all the way to the top, yeah. which, uh, you know, by the way, in his first term, he's taken over a year of vacation in yeah, his first term about. alone, uh, which, you know, he's on a permanent vacation mentally anyways. Um, <laughs> right. Jake Sullivan's running the country. <laughs> yeah. Somebody is. Uh, well, and and we know since nine 11, it's not the president, whoever's in there. Um, yeah. But at, yeah, I was talking about the Florida stuff, man. There was um there was a cool documentary I was trying to watch one time called American Blackout, and it was about like you know if the power grid goes down, everybody's gonna be cannibals within two weeks. And it was a really fascinating concept to me. And I looked that up, and it's and there's another documentary by the same name about the 2000 election, and it's talking about you know how Bush marginalized the black vote, you know because he, you know Greyhound canceled the routes that day and they couldn't bus people to the polls, and it's like what? I, I don't. It, it was a really loose premise, but it, there was. There was definitely some stuff going on. And of course, you know, back in 2000, I was like, ah, Bush all the way, you know. Right. Uh, he didn't do anything wrong, but I'm looking at him like, I don't know, that kind of stinks. Like, there's no way he didn't know about that and just not say anything. Not saying he no, did. He, he knew and his brother knew, you know, Jeb in Florida at the time. And uh, yeah. there was like, what is it? Catherine Harris at the time was a big player in that. And uh, just, it was a mess, man. It was a, but again, I'm I, I'm not like, I just don't want us to come across as like one's like sort of like pushback from another side. Like I'm saying like more that like the libertarian, like that third side thing of like, I've seen it happen when the machinery is like picks a candidate and they push it to go through one way or the other. And it's a lot easier when you just have two to kind of deal with to rig yeah. the system that way. I miss yeah, the good I mean, old days when you could actually use your phone. <laughs> what was that saying? I guess now is a good time to add the standard disclaimer that we all think that Trump should be in prison for life for war crimes. That being said, these charges are ridiculous. And he should <laughs> not go to prison on these charges. Right. Both it's can be the, true. Uh, it, yeah, both both are true, right? I mean, these charges are ridiculous. It's a uh I mean it it just has the look of a of a political hit job, like Banana Republic. You know, the same thing they accuse Vladimir Putin imprisoning uh, what's-his-name over there, right? The same thing they do with all the big bad guys. Oh, they imprison this opposition leader. And, you know, just because you, you're running through the court system doesn't make it look any better, right? <laughs> I mean, the American court system, as we all know, is a total mess where, you know, what, 90-something percent of, of charges go to pleas because they just, you know, create crimes out of everything and it's just stack charges stack charges stack charges stack charges oh you you jaywalked so you're looking at 50 years but if you take a plea you know we'll we'll only give you a you know 50 dollar fine right i mean <laughs> that's kind of how ridiculous it works and you know i forget uh whoever wrote it but you know there's that book out there three felonies a day right i mean the average person commits oh, three yeah. felonies a day because there are just so many fucking laws on the books that you don't know about and most people don't know about. But hey, if they're targeting you, you know, then no longer, no longer, yeah. the, you know, right? There's no longer, uh, what is it? Uh, is it mens rea or guilty minds, right? Where you have to like have intended to break a crime to be part, you know, to be part of guilty. It's just, yeah, well, these words on a piece of paper say that you broke a law and, you know, we're going to say you did. So 
you know, you either plead guilty or, you know, we're going to lock you up for 150 years for. Yeah, they can turn the other way when it's their buddies, but then they will like hone in on you and say that, oh, it was your, your like job to know every one of the laws or whatever. And it's like, there's so many countless, just umpteen thousand laws. It's impossible for everyone to know every law. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Wait, you're uh, saying you haven't read all over a million pages of the Federal Register? <laughs> I studied more than the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's... But it, it, you, Nick's right. Like, they'll if they want to, though, they can pull up something, find something on you, and, yeah, like, the average of, like, three felonies a day, like, it's impossible not to commit a crime. Oh, there's conflicting well, here, here in Georgia, there's... there's And antiquated laws are a big part of that three felonies a day. There's That's a lot true. of things, you know, from the Puritan days and all that kind of stuff. Like, there's no law here in Georgia on the books in the early 1800s that fellatio is illegal. I knew that was coming up. <laughs> <I knew it. laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. Just, you know, in California, you can't shoot a whale with an automatic weapon from from a truck. I think that How one of those two is much more uh, frequent than the other. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I, I was like, I thought this was America. That's why I would go <laughs> yeah, on Highway One. People are shooting whales. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I don't have, I'm not Jake, so I don't have control to put little comments up on screen. So you're going to have to do that. Sorry. He's throwing a few up. Yeah, well, I know. I just I threw the last sure. one up. You want, you want Grumpy's up there? Can you, yeah, Grumpy's got a good one. Can you throw it up? Cause I don't know. If yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know up. if I can or not. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. Grumpy's yeah. got a oh, good yeah, one. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Jake said to remember to read the comments out for our audio listeners. So Grumpy Gnome says the police don't have to know any of the laws. They make most of them up. Yeah. Which I've is true. Well, it's like I yeah, I, I do go down like that rabbit hole on YouTube watching, you know, some of these cop videos. Yeah. There's some people who do it quite well, right? Um, I'll recommend like Lackluster on YouTube. I think he does a really great job with breaking some of this stuff down. And then like uh, Audit the Audit also, right, where he kind of breaks down everything, gives it a grade. And some of the stuff you just see is just so blatantly insane. Like, uh, you know, handcuffed guy, they're walking him, to, you know, taking him to the hospital after they already beat his ass. And then uh, yeah. they throw him to the ground and break his neck and then tell him, get off walk. He's faking it when he literally can't move. Because they paralyzed them, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and some of this stuff, too, uh, of course, you know, having law enforcement in the family, you know, some of the stuff that was coming out throughout the 80s, uh, early 90s, mid 90s in particular, um, you know, that was the advent of, of your, you know, designer party drugs. You know, so you had a lot of meth on the streets, a lot of X, uh, angel dust was getting popular some places. And so you have people hopped up on four different kinds of God knows what. And, you know, if you had four guys, five grown men punching you in the face and you're still like swinging back, just going blow for blow with all five of them and you knock three of them out during that fight. Yeah. Then 30 minutes later, they're going to treat you like you're still on that level and slam you in the pavement. And they might break your neck, which 30 minutes prior before your high wore off wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> you know? right. So it's like it's like, what you know, what do you do at that point? How do you? How do you train for that? I mean, you're supposed to do, how do you isolate that? So, you know, you, there are those cases for the ones that really care about their job. Uh, but for every one of those, there's five of them that aren't handled properly. And oh, that's I the problem. Like mm -hmm. a video I, re I watched recently was uh, a guy, I think he was in a fast food restaurant. He had like, was on a bike and had asked a cop directions. And then the cop told him where to go or something. And then he went into like a fast food restaurant or something. And 
was like, oh, I'm asking directions here. And the cop comes in screaming at him that he <laughs> that he told him where to go and to get the hell out of there and blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like in the middle of it. Like the cop's like, no, you haven't committed any crime. So the guy like gets out and walks away. And the cop chases him down, grabs him, tackles him onto the ground. And he's like, <laughs> it's like, you just said he didn't commit any crimes. Like, oh, my gosh. Well, he was yeah, permanently there's... injured out of it and came to a lawsuit on it as well. Like, you know, some of these videos are absolutely insane. Uh, we're gonna have to one do that, that one I think you're talking about very very similar to that. It's in Paulding County, gonna, Georgia. I'm just gonna one one of these days. I'm just gonna sit down and I'm gonna pull a bunch of these up. And we're either gonna do a special or we're gonna do this. So we're just gonna go through these and just like get them all on the record here because you know there you go. good breakdown to have. Just like hey, let's let's like talk about some of this and just put it out there on a different platform and just you know let's and highlight. That that well, there's there's these. one from a couple of years ago in Paulding County, Georgia, up in like Ackworth or Dallas, somewhere like that. And uh, it was, I think it was a sheriff up there. And, uh, you know, the guy was had a backpack on. Did I do anything wrong? Am I being detained? Cops like, no, no, no. And then, yeah, he tries to walk off and winds up getting suplexed on the sidewalk. And, like, he's paralyzed from the waist down now. Jesus. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, it's horrible. Like, if you, like, you see, uh, it's always crazy, like, whenever you see, especially, like, the, uh, the inland border patrol checkpoints out in like texas california places like that they like you pull up and they're like you know you know are you, any is everyone uh american citizens here and it's you know am i being detained no well i'm gonna go no you're not which is it well this isn't an inspection i i, I don't you know and then especially like california they have ag agricultural checkpoints and i've lost watched a bunch of these videos right it's like are you carrying any fruit and the guy's like well I'm, i don't consent to searches i'm not answering your question well it's not a search it's an inspection <laughs> <laughs> that's, so like, that's the same thing i'm not doing it and he just pulled off and then gets arrested down the road <laughs> Oh, nice. Great. Yeah. The only fruit in this car is of the loom. How about that? <laughs> Which I has have a bad habit of watching no these like late at night. No matter what Mandela effect says it doesn't. That's What's that? <laughs> anyway, um, go to trivia. Who wants to go to trivia? Let's sure. do it. Yeah. Let's go to trivia. Zach, play the drop. I'm slow without Jake. Ah, you're good. <laughs> There we go. All right. Welcome to the Libations Trivia, where we see who knows the most about stuff. Tonight, our topics are let me check stuff. Well, things today, today, uh, well, we'll leave it surprises still, right? Um, let me get this up so I don't have to pull Jake and uh, question what my answers are, right? I believe those were uh, produce inspections in California. There we go. Well, I, I would definitely have a tube steak to show them. <laughs> Which is still That's weird. Great beef right there. You can't be, you can't be impeding that travel. First topic. <laughs> Our first topic is today in history. So, um, Zach, do I? Do you able to pull the first question up? I don't know exactly how this works. All right, five questions. In 1590, the governor of what colony returned to find no trace of the colonists? Zane, I saw you first. Roanoke. The answer is Roanoke. Point Zane. Um, 
All right. Good job, Zane. I need to make notes here of who's got what points so I don't. So what state is that a part of? Virginia, I think. Virginia, North Carolina. One of those. Yeah, I was going to say Massachusetts. I thought it was Virginia. I did know the name Roanoke at least, but. Alden. All right, so. It's a weird story, honestly. Yeah, that's a real weird story. Zane gets one. All right. Uh, next question. Let's bring it up. In 1945, what country was divided in the north and south along the 38th parallel? Zane was first again. Korea. The answer is Korea. All right. Uh, and then make a note. These are all from today. Like, these are all today things. So. Um, oh, cool. So, you know, it's not like this week. This is off. So it was August 17th, 1945. Yes. Okay. So to go there, I didn't play it. I found enough good stuff for today. All right, Zach, let's go to the uh, next question. In 1998, President Bill Clinton admitted he had an improper physical relationship and that he misled people about the relationship with what White House intern? Alden, I saw you first. Monica Lewinsky. The answer is Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> all right moving on in 1979 what british comedy movie starring graham chapman john cleese and terry gilliam opened in u.s theaters zane life of brian it was life of brian oh nice. I even got it right i saw that yeah. recently again i love both of those movies man. oh that yeah movie. the people of judea's right. front <laughs> in 1960 we're not uh, seeing the What African nation gained its independence from the French? Zane, I saw you first. Algeria. No. Uh, I think I saw Steve second. Gambia. No. Okay, so I never say it right, but Niger or Niger? Uh, incorrect. I thought, okay, because I was like, I think that was a question last time on another day in history. But... Steve, what do you got? Ghana. No. Ah. Zane. Tunisia. No. I'll go Alden? one more time. Zimbabwe. No. Man, I'm give... just going to name every. <laughs> yeah, I will give uh, everyone one more chance before we call it. Okay. Steve. Ivory Coast. No. Zane. I'll stay in North Africa and say Libya. No. Congo. I'll, Congo. No. The answer is Gabon. No. Oh. Oh. Now, people were close given the G's, and especially uh, Steve gave the GA with Ghana. But well, did anyone in the audience actually get that one? Or? Well, <laughs> It's I didn't still know that was the same way, right? So, um, but yeah, Gabon, a country no one really thinks about because I don't know anything about it, but it gained its independence on this day, and we should we should think about that. What's the hey, happy Independence Day, Gabon? <laughs> yep. Can we keep <laughs> Florida? So, all right. So, <laughs> the result of that round is Zane gets four, and everyone else is at zero. There we go. So. 
Round two is worth what two points a piece? Wait, I that think I do? think Alden got one of those. I thought I got something. Yeah, I think I've got. They got Mon- Alden got Monica Lewinsky. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. I forgot to give Alden a point for that. I couldn't there remember what to I got. Be honest, right? that's why I we're doing this. I'm, this is the first <laughs> we're on and, the honor uh, system, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I can't click on a comment, but uh, Grumpy, I have no idea if it's still a country or not. But um, yeah, it is. Is it still a country? Yeah. So then, does Zane have three then? Because where's their five? Yeah, Zane has three. Alden has one. I okay. I completely forgot. I just assume Zane gets everything. All right. (laughs) Next question. Not not a bad assumption. (laughs) It's a a safe assumption. Right. Statistically. So these are what worth two each, and the topic is Yinsno Pittsburgh and that. <laughs> all right, so this is going to be a fun one because it's fun because I made it all up without having to look, you know, without Yins. having to, like, is that what you'll say instead of y'all? Yeah, it's Yins up here. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a Pittsburgh thing. So yeah, Yinsno Pittsburgh and that. So. All right, ten ten uh, questions about George Pickens. I hope. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. All right, Zach. Let's bring up question one. Downtown Pittsburgh is known for its three rivers. Name two of the three. Zane. I think I can get all three. It's the Ohio, the Allegheny, and the Monongahela. That is correct. Dang. Ooh, I knew Allegheny. I actually wrote, I've written a trivia question where this was the answer, which is how well. Well, but I know you've also been through this area and have ties to Ohio or something in Maryland or whatever. So I was concerned that this was going to be like too much in your wheelhouse, but I went with it anyway. I only knew Ohio. On the drive home today from work, I regretted like since Jake's not here, not doing Iceland trivia. (laughs) But uh, I thought about it too late. So every guess I had would have been Bjork. I would. (laughs) Oh, that's about right. I'd be able to pronounce any. What sound does a dog make in Iceland? (laughs) Nice. All right, Zach, next question. Before the city of Pittsburgh, Fort Pitt stood at the intersection of three rivers. What was the name of the French fort that preceded it? Steve. Allegheny. No. (sighs) Zane. Fort Wee Wee Baguette. Oh <laughs> uh, man! Gonna give all. I see you, Steve. I was gonna give Alden a chance. Roquefort? No, Steve. What do you got? Uh, Trois, whatever the French word for river is. Trois uh, rivers. No. Okay. Nope. <laughs> I would have named it that. They missed an opportunity. Well, well, I mean, they had uh, Detroit, right? Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> so, Zane? Alden? I got nothing. Yeah. Um, Fort Roethlisberger? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, finally. All right. The answer is actually Fort Duquesne. That's what I said. If you look. Yeah. <laughs> if you look, you can see the outline of the old fort there and then the much larger Fort Pitt outline in that picture. Anyway, <laughs> Grumpy says Fort I Surrender. Uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> that is what kind of happened. <laughs> but that was also from the time when the French did not do that. Well, in North America, they did. They burnt down the White House. 
just a few years after that. The British did. did. The French Are you talking about the War of 1812? That yeah. Was the British. That was the okay. British. Yeah. Well, hey, yeah, the, the already get their game then. Yeah. No, all right. Uh, Zach, question three, if you don't mind. Yeah, Fort Duquesne. That is not how I would have pronounced that. So. Hey, uh, what small town east of Pittsburgh is the birthplace of both Fred Rogers and Arnold Palmer, Steve? I beat Zane. Um, Philadelphia. Small town. <laughs> small town. Small town. <laughs> So we're gonna miss on that one. Alden. Um, but no. Zane, you got an answer? I'm trying to think if I can actually come up with anything legitimate, but I don't think that I can. There are some towns named butts. I I will if after Zane guesses, I will give a hint and then let everyone go again. I saw your hand, Steve, but I'll I'll give it okay. a hint. Go ahead and give the hint. I can't come up with anything. Alright, the hint is this is the same place the Steelers hold their training camp. Oh no! Is that oh, right? one for the audience. Nice. Oh, I should know that honestly. Okay. With, uh, with the big one there. Is that yeah. also where Doc Dixon is from? No, he lives down in Georgia, but I, I don't know where he's from. But I know he. I think he works at Kennywood, which is the. Local he's he's from some rat hole nowhere in Pennsylvania. It's <laughs> part, part of his bit. I'd have to look up, look up and see exactly where he's from. Okay. No, I know he's up here a lot, but I know he's in the Pittsburgh area a lot. But yeah, Kenny would work, but um, I don't know exactly where. Okay. Audience on the Next board. Question: What company, originally known for glass, but more recently paint, is the iconic Glass Castle skyscraper named after? Zane. Sherwin Williams. No. Steve. DuPont. Nope. Oh, man. Alden. Glidden? Nope. <laughs> Can I double up or do Alden? we? Alden? Well, everyone else won. So, yeah, round, in round two, this is your first. All right. Bear? Nope. <laughs> Just trying to name paint things now. I don't know. Right. Medicote? No. Fun the fact, glass my also works for this company. It's what? My sister also works for this company. Oh. Steve, hmm. you got a good guess? Wait, Steve, if Steve gets it. Gets yeah, it. yeah. Pyrex? They make paint? They make oh. glass. Another one to the audience. <laughs> Warren's got it with uh, PPG Pittsburgh. Ooh! Oh, nice. Also, uh, yeah, definitely. Also, have the name for the hockey arena. Okay. It's, it used to be Pittsburgh Plate Glass. Now, I've seen the logo. Oh. I just never knew what it was. So they stuck. No. They kept the name and the acronym. That's kind of cool. I didn't know this, yeah, but yeah. Um, as a brand designer, I can appreciate that, though. All right. Next question. Yeah, parts per gazillion. What building is the tallest educational building in the Western Hemisphere known for its 31 nationality rooms as well as its victory lights? Zane. 
Oh, I know it's um, affiliated with um, one of the colleges there. I think Carnegie Mellon, probably because he went there. But I, it's called like the Tower of Knowledge or something along those lines. Maybe along those lines, but that is not correct. And you've got the wrong school also. Mm. Building is the tallest educational building. Heard of this with the different rooms thing. Thirty-one nationality rooms. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so and when when uh, the football team wins, they light up the top with bright lights. American football. Oh yeah, and okay. then like when other teams win championships, they will also <laughs> that, but they mainly light up for <laughs> football games. <laughs> Oh, it's this also is... known to host nests of peregrine falcons up on the uh, ledges. Nice. All right, Steve, what do you got? Falcon Tower. Uh, nope. <laughs> Anyone else have a good answer? I, I can I go is again? It? Sure. Yeah. It's like the yeah. tower of the tower of learning. You're close, but you're still not there. <laughs> the tower of higher knowledge <laughs> unfortunately no uh, <laughs> i'm gonna call it at this point yeah, yeah i yeah. think honestly the answer is the cathedral of learning oh and it's uh, a pit thing right not, yes, it's not carnegie mellon Right, it's across the street from some Carnegie Mellon buildings. Like they kind of overlap on some of the streets in that area. I've heard it at some point with the different rooms thing is what I was trying to like, but it was yeah. They, some of those rooms are apparently haunted too, or something. But yeah, the inside of the building's crazy. I mean that, I'm like it's an impressive structure. It looks like something from the Wizard of Oz or something. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it's a cool building. Like I said, tallest in the Western Hemisphere and second tallest edu like pure educational building in the world or something. So, um, you got like, there's classes. There. There's like classes in that offices. Like I've been in it a couple times, but um, yeah. All right. Next question. Number six, what labor action at a Carnegie steel facility turned into a battle between steel workers and Pinkerton agents? Zane. A strike. Which one? Mm. Uh, you're wanting me to actually give the I want the, the name. Uh, it's, in the, it's in the history books, at least every history book I ever was. Oh, um, Homestead. It was Homestead. Dang. Wow. Yes. Well done, Zane. <laughs> at this point, we're just cheering him on. Good job, buddy. Honestly, yeah. Good job, Zane. <laughs> Two points for Zane on that one. All right. All right. While known for steel, Pittsburgh was also the birthplace of the aluminum industry when the company was founded. When this company was founded in 1888, Zane Alcoa, Alcoa, the aluminum company of America. There nice. you go again. Now they're in Tennessee, so they don't pay state income tax. <laughs> headquartered in Pittsburgh. Do okay. they? Tennessee. Do they produce fluoride as a byproduct of their <laughs> aluminum product? <laughs> yes, they do. We were talking about that last week. Yeah. See, I know that much, but I don't know the company names. Here we go. 
Zach says, "How did Brit say? How did Brit say aluminum?" Well, it's Lumilum. the correct word. It's aluminium. Aluminium is the element. Yeah, aluminium. My, my one of my favorite moments in middle school was hearing David Attenborough go, "Aluminium." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you know how that started? With I was right. Was they say it incorrectly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They do. There's no I in it. There's no I in it. There's no I. It at started. The well, there is in the British. There spelling. is, and there we have a new word for it. Like literally, right? And it like, started with a misprint. If we hadn't word. rescued their ass in the Second World War, they wouldn't be speaking English, right? So, <laughs> yeah, there you go. They'd be a lampshade. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, caramel and caramel is another one, and aluminum and aluminium. They started fries and chips. Misprints. Yeah. Well, that, <laughs> yeah, that was just a misspell. That was just an illiterate person trying to spell the word chips, and they didn't miss it. Yeah. Water bottle and wall ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how many commas are in that exactly? That's what I want to figure out. They're apostrophes. Yeah, yeah, apostrophes. Thank you. No, we created the language, but we don't. We ignore the, it. The only the only southern equivalent I can think of that would have that many apostrophes in it would be the word yaldentive. Or anything Hawaiian. For like y'all wouldn't have. You, you put that oh. in one like massive contraction, you know. Y'all didn't know British. I told you. <laughs> Zach, isn't beer can in British the same thing as bacon in Jamaican? Yeah, well, beer can in Irish is the same as bacon in Jamaican. I'm going off of Zach's comment. Yeah. yeah. So. Beer can. <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> Uh oh, I'm trying to hide it. Sorry, we're fighting. All right, we're let's go to the next question. What is the name of the westernmost ridge of the Allegheny Mountains, running from southern Indiana County to Morgantown, West Virginia, and is a well-known paranormal hotspot, including events such as the 1965 Kecksburg UFO incident? Steve, is that the Adirondacks? No, it's no. not. Yep. I know about the event. Yeah, the, yeah the Zach's asking about... Kecksburg. How, yeah, the memes write themselves now, right? Kecksburg? Yeah. Are you they serious? Do, right? <laughs> if that's it, I mean. They kind of do, right? <laughs> but it's, it, that's not the name of the ridge, but uh, I'm saying Kecksburg is on the ridge and the UFO incident's a famous thing. But yeah, there's good news wow. to that. Oh, yeah. Meme magic is totally real. I've got nothing. Yeah, I don't know. <sighs> Unless it's just the Kecksburg Ridge or something. But Steve, you, you giving up or you got anything? I, I don't know. It's the Chestnut Ridge. Yes, What's... if you go on YouTube, you can find a really bad documentary about all the crazy stuff on it. Yeah, but the UFO looks like an acorn, so this is confusing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't make the rules here. I just I'm just telling you what goes on, right? Well, it's in Kecksburg, so it was you know really a frog. Right. It was a frog yeah. pilot. A frog pilot. <laughs> That's right. And Baron Trump trying to warn us about the future. Yeah, from the past, right? I mean, because it was it came down to Nazi uh, time travel. Nazi bell. I don't know. There's all kinds of weird stuff that people speculate on it, but all I know is people say some bell-shaped object fell out of the sky, and then the military rolled and grabbed it all and disappeared with it. 
Wow. So, it's a strange little incident. Not super well known, but well enough known. For anyone uh, that's like I, into like UFO stuff, it's like well known, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I, I do consider myself an ancient astronaut theorist, and uh, you know, I'm surprised I didn't know about that one. Mm. Got to brush up on my William Shatner documentaries. That speaks to how many incidents there are, like nationwide or worldwide. Honestly, is that you can look into it a lot and miss some. Man, there's a bunch of stories about it. Steve, does being that's... an ancient astronaut theorist just mean that you've watched the History Channel once? Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> the acronym, too, almost is a little too close to ass, like ancient astronaut theorist. But... Yeah. I, I, right. would, I, I would love, it's actually like a life dream to have that moniker <laughs> on the screen while I'm saying something. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I just I I just stumbled out of the bar. I'm like nine beers deep, and I'm like, listen, this is what's going on. You need to have the hair like the guy. Like, <laughs> they're, um, they're trying to turn the friggin' frogs gay. <laughs> Ancient astronaut theorist. <laughs> did you did you see Zach just change your headline? Yes, there we go. <laughs> Except for a a s. Yeah. Well, the reason why I pulled you over today is to uh, inspect the meat in your vehicle. So, <laughs> right, let's go to question number nine. What is the name of architect Frank Lloyd Wright's most famous house built originally for the Kaufman family in the Laurel Highlands region of southwestern Pennsylvania? Zane, I saw your hand. Damn it. Falling water. Ah, Falling it. water is the answer. It's like my favorite architect. I, I'm impressed you have a favorite architect. Yeah. I, I can name one, and it's just because I, I read about some place in Spain that he designed that, yeah. and they just passed away, and like they did a the thing homage with the to him. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's an cool interesting, it's an interesting place. Cantilever. I never really you got there, they, the it. I don't know, but you go there, they tell you cantilevers a lot. It's <laughs> concrete and cantilevers. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> So it's a suspended yeah. ledge, like yeah. There you go. Are the cantilevers <laughs> made of aluminium? <laughs> Reinforced concrete. <laughs> so dang it. I tried to do the thing where I beat I try to do what Zane does where it like just like the question starts and you just raise your hand, you know? I've done and that figure I, it I out. I did that earlier, but it just backfired. Because <laughs> I know the image, so like when I saw the image, I was like, whatever the answer is, whether it's Frank Lloyd Wright or Falling Rotter or whatever, like I'll figure it out. And then I still <laughs> apparently didn't even get there. I don't know. I want to see all the right. replay footage on that one. I saw Zane's hand go up, that's all I can say. And <laughs> you could be on delay, but like maybe that's what it is. Zane's like lag switching you guys and he's just hopping in there. I don't know. <laughs> All right, Inter- internet question, question 10 here. This tax protest by farmers in Western Pennsylvania ended when President George Washington sent the army and multiple state militias to put it down. I saw Zane on it. This is a rebellion whose flag I actually currently have displayed on my balcony. This is the Whiskey Rebellion. This mm. is the Whiskey Rebellion. Sounds tasty. Yeah. Good one. I think I they, actually uh, remember that name. Are there some tax collectors? They they did a whole bunch. Of, yeah, you can see in the picture they tarred and feathered some. Which uh, <laughs> Zane? What was it? Was it two percent? What the tax? Oh, the tax? Yeah, I don't know. 
I believe it was, it was single digits. It was below five. What well, I'm sure of that. So uh, just you know, pay attention to that. I don't know if you saw the uh, you know the crappy TV show a few years ago, Sleepy Hollow. Um, you know, they did this whole you know the myth of Ichabod Crane and that whole thing, but it was like modern day Boston and like a a, a colonial soldier that fought with the Hessians and General Washington. Uh, you know, he was like resurrected somehow because, you know, he's tied to the headless horseman or something like that. So it was like a, a colonial guy in modern day times. And he goes to Starbucks and he's reading the receipt and he was like, nine and a half percent for coffee. You realize we rebelled over two for whiskey. <laughs> what are you doing? What, well, what are we like, like to you? Well, it's like two percent tea. I can't remember what the whiskey tax was, but there was a tax, and it pissed everyone off in Western Pennsylvania. And they said, "Ain't happening." And they tarred and feathered the tax. I think they killed some tax collectors too. And I don't know. It got a little insane. But. In Washington State, it's like twenty-eight or some crazy number now. It's insane. Pennsylvania still has a tax called the Johnstown Flood Tax on alcohol. Like they tax us for a flood that happened like a hundred years ago. No, that that would make total sense to me. Wow. <laughs> At one point they decided, yeah, we're just going to make this permanent. We're going to keep calling it the Johnstown flood tax, and we're going to tax the alcohol. Also, all the liquor in Pennsylvania is sold out of state or state owned stores, except like if it's bought directly from a distillery. So uh, yeah, so like it's extremely like commie centric here. There you go. So, so a, a standard bottle of Blanton's up there is like three hundred bucks. <laughs> Not that bad, but like, I think it is a slightly more expensive just because, yeah, state owns all the liquor stores. Yeah, you know, MSRP on Blanton's is like forty-five bucks. I get it all day down here in Georgia for fifty. I've got people in Birmingham, Alabama, that are like, "Bro, I'll pay you two hundred to meet you halfway." What? It's crazy. <laughs> like, there's a. Uh... Yeah, the alcohol laws here are crazy, right? Cause, because because grocery grocery stores can't sell cases of beer. beer? Actually, gro- grocery stores can't sell beer, oh right? So, God. and gas stations can't sell beer either, right? So the only place you can get a case is from the beer distributor, right? And then, uh, is it that grocery- size you're saying specifically? You can't buy a case of beer. A, a case. Okay. Right? You can't do a case. Now, the grocery stores, if they serve food there, they call themselves a restaurant in that section, and they sell six-packs and smaller <laughs> stuff. And the gas stations that's, that sell food call themselves restaurants so that they can sell beer out of the gas station because that's been a thing that's happened more recently. But uh, mm-hmm. for a while, it was like only bars could sell six-packs and uh, only distributors could sell cases and uh, only the state could sell liquor and wine. Oh, my God. So, like, wineries and and distilleries they're allowed to sell their own stuff and like one other i think distilleries get two licenses to sell and uh you are not selling me on this state and uh so yeah the the distillery can sell out of their own place and then there's like a store in pittsburgh that takes other distilleries uh second license they have to sell it and that way they collect all the like in-state uh made uh distillery stuff and sell it out of that store in pittsburgh um, Warren, pull up Warren's comment about Iron City beer because I want to correct the record on that. Oh, Iron City yeah, beer. Here uh, we go. Yeah, so uh, it's not from the waters of the Monongahela. It's from the waters of the Allegheny, which is much cleaner. Uh, the, the the old brewery was located uh, in Lawrenceville, which is on the Allegheny side of Pittsburgh, and uh, then they moved out of Pittsburgh to. Uh, 
the Latrobe Brewing Company, since we're making a callback to Latrobe from earlier. But actually, um, actually, Iron City uh, brought their distribution back to uh, right across the river from where I live to uh, Creighton, PA. They've put in a giant facility to brew beer. They're talking about um, doing a uh, doing distilling there too, putting an amphitheater, a marina, restaurants. Like if you've ever been to like Asheville, like that, uh, like what Sierra Nevada has there. Like I kind of oh, picture. Yeah. Oh, that's adult like, Disneyland, like that. by the way. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, have you ever been there? To the no. Sierra Nevada? In yeah. Nash- yeah. That's oh, why they've, they've got, like, like, was it five miles of natural walking trails? They've got these, uh, you know, organic gardens you can walk through. And my favorite at the time was these child pens, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it was play pens and sand pits and swing sets and all kind of like stuff for kids to play on. You can put your kid right there, post up oh, okay. on a fence post, sip your beer, watch your kid play with other kids, and then the amphitheater is within view and earshot. And so the live music, you're still a part of it. Your kid's playing. Your kid's happy. Everybody had some food that's eh, mediocre, but great presentation. Uh, At and, first, and, I pictured you like on the Jungle Gym drunk, which was funny, but now I get it. I did that, and, and it was weird when the kids got in there. So I had to Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They frowned upon that, right? Yeah. So we, so yeah. Actually, Iron City's. uh, I think they're back to. I don't know if they're completely brewing that facility, but like I said, it's literally like right across the river from where I live. Um, It's a sweet looking facility, and in a callback, it used to be a PPG glass facility. And they, they repurposed it into a uh, a brewery, and yeah, like I said, it's turning into a giant brewery, like with restaurant. very little paint in the beer. Right. So it's actually like, like it's I said, sanitary it kind paint. Of, yeah, kind of reminds me like like what uh they had at uh Sierra Nevada, just like brewery, museum, like uh, probably restaurant, like some giant thing that just up in this part. So it's actually kind of interesting there, and. Uh, you know, they're doing some, you know, Iron City and you know, proper pronunciation, Iron City, right? Iron. Iron City. Um, that made me want another beer, Steven. They, uh, they've <laughs> done some weird stuff like, uh, you know, the local iced tea that everyone drinks, Turner's. They did a uh, Iron City beer brewed with Turner's iced tea thing. It was weird. I didn't like it too much. I've, I've always been a Tetley man myself. What's Tetley? I don't know where they're from. It's a, it's a tea. Oh, I was going to say, shouldn't they drink Palmer's yeah. if Arnold Palmer was born in the city? Zach, pull up your comment. Yeah, PBG does do has a lot of uh, uh, contracts for aircraft. Mm. That was Grumpy Gnome. He was asking if PPG does uh, or says they use PPG sealant on aircraft. Yeah. So yeah. Zach asks, how do you say crick? <laughs> it's crick, right? Yeah. It's a babbling brook. Get it right, y'all. So I think that answers the question. <laughs> so, yeah. So, are we still playing trivia? Or? Yeah, I think we are. I guess. I, yeah. Um, we're between questions at the moment, but whatever. So, Zane yeah. has. I think that. I think I miscounted. I think that's. Zane has infinity, uh, but we're still trying. I think Zane has like. I think I miscounted the way I put these lines up on the screen, but I see six, five. He's got like fourteen. 
<laughs> has four. Alden has one, and Steve has zero. I feel robbed with the so, water question. Uh, so the uh, the last question here, three questions. Un, you pull up the title slide. Unusual geological formations around the world. Let's make this fun and call it five points of peace. Everyone I, go I, with that? I bought my wife a calendar as a gag a couple of years ago, so I'm, I might know some of these. <laughs> All right, let's call it five points apiece, and let's see what happens. We're going to challenge Zane. We're going to see if Zane can lose on this. All right. Question, Zach. Let's, let's get it up there. What geological formation in Arizona is famous for its striking orange and red rock formations? Is that Zane's Zane? the first one still. I mean, I know it's not going to be the Grand Canyon, but I feel like I have to say it. Uh, Steve, I, saw, I think I saw you next. Yeah, I, well, I don't know if it's a formation. I was just going to say Sedona. I mean, that, that picture looks like Sedona, but um, yeah, uh, it's a, not a geological formation. That wasn't really That's a good a answer. Formation. No. Alden, what do you got? I w- honestly, I was going to say like the Red Rocks, but like Red Rock is like in the name, so I didn't think that was it. But Yeah, and Red Rock is Colorado. Right. Is yeah, it? the Red Rock Amphitheater is Colorado. Oh, well, that is, yeah. Yeah. Zane, oh, maybe that's right. Zane, uh, what do you got? Is it a Monument Valley? It is not. I know Stan Marsh's dad studies this in South Park because he's a fluvial geomorphologist. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh... I love the episodes where the whole town looks to him because he's like the only scientist in the town. Uh, That is not the answer either. Trump. We got it. I mean, I kind of want to give Trump credit for that just for for shits and giggles. I'm guessing no one's got it. Uh, The answer is Antelope Canyon. Antelope Canyon. Okay. I don't know. All right. Next question. Which oceanic rock formation found off the coast of Northern Ireland is known for its distinct polygonal columns? I saw Alden first. So I know the type of rock. I don't know. Is this like one specific area? It's, a, it's got a specific name. Okay. I then know. I don't know. It's rock you've got too. It's basalt rock or whatever. Right. But I don't know. Yeah, it's got a specific name. Zane, I saw your hand go up. I think it's... Um giant staircase you're close oh shoot i know what it is now but i can't i'm gonna give steven a chance oh stairway to heaven no zane it's a giant's causeway it's giant's Mm. cause okay Nice. Yeah, you're a little slow on that, Mr. Chair. <laughs> All right, final question. In which South American country can you find the Salar de Uyuni, the world's largest salt flat that creates a mirror-like surface after rainfall? Zane, did I see your hand first? Yeah. Uh, Argentina? Nope. Alden, I saw yours go up. Peru? No. 
Steve. Venezuela. No. Alden, what do you got? Chile. Nope. Damn. Me and Zach are wrong. Zan. Uruguay. Nope. Dang, man. Alden. Paraguay? Nope. <laughs> I think we're running the out other of Guai. Yeah, me and Zach are in step here. Like. Zane? Uh, Bolivia. The answer is Bolivia. Is it really? Wow. I thought it was further south. Which they had hyperinflation in the 80s. Bolivia? Yeah, it was It was like 1,200%. Okay. They were putting uh, cocaine. There's no tiebreaker because we're, we got two because everyone did. But uh, who wants to do it just for fun? Sure. Yeah. If someone it. gets if someone gets it exactly dead on, uh, they win. All right. What? Because Is it that like specific it. or okay? If you have to guess, it's a, it's a number because I made something that was a number because a tiebreaker would be who's closest, right? Okay. Zane so, might have something to say about it if someone gets it, but <laughs> so this is a. Uh, but then Zane will probably get it. So. Okay, let's let's bring it up and see. In addition to being known as the Steel City, the City of Champions, and simply the Berg, Pittsburgh is also known as the City of Bridges for having this many bridges. Alden. 27. No. Well, not. <laughs> Who else wants to put a guess in? We're just going to do one number each. And Steve. 78. Zane. 79. Well, technically, Zane would win, but you guys are way off. Is it really? 446. Oh, what? <laughs> wow. That is ridiculous. Hills and valleys. Rivers and valleys, right? That's like Rivers and more, and more than the brain cell count I think I have left. <laughs> so it wasn't really that special then that while Biden was on his way there, to talk about roads and bridges that a bridge collapsed that was on his route. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was weird. Cause one of the other, cause that was, I mean, I'd driven on that one plenty of times, but there was another one that's a massive bridge downtown that uh, I remember several years ago, they were doing work on it in the PVC they, and they had PVC underneath it and that caught on fire and nearly collapsed the bridge. And like, the it's about the, uh, climate change, I guess. <laughs> Face lasers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't know. They were welding and the PVC caught on fire. And anytime PVC goes up on fire, um, you know. Yeah, that fire doesn't go out. It's Ten really bad smoke. Yeah. And then, yeah, I've, it was I've had some potato guns go wrong, and and you just gotta <laughs> you just kind of walk away. From it. Yeah. Spray on the inside. No, that clogs the threads. I, I was using a gas <laughs> turpentine mixture, mm. um, and and you know, actually had um, some solder. In the threads of the PVC, uh, you know, just a little bit of saw, just enough so that way it wouldn't melt the threads when you had some blowback. Right. Uh, but it, it gave just enough force, and and you know, the half inch tube was just enough to ram a line inside of it, <laughs> and and that thing went to the next zip code, brother. That was amazing. Those are fun, uh, man. I haven't done it. Yeah. Pull up, uh, pull up Warren's comment. Yeah, so the three sisters. Yeah, those are like three bridges that go from downtown Pittsburgh to uh, the North Shore. So that, but that apparently that's uh, three of 
400 well, plus like right yeah that's the roberto clemente the andy warhol and the rachel carson but then there's also on the same side the fort duquesne again we're back to that that crosses mm -hmm. right above that area to the fort pit which is a fun one but then up a little bit to the liberty uh the liberty bridge which is the one that almost collapsed from a pvc fire a couple years back and that so was how many because that's like the second that's the all bridge those. that goes to the second that's the bridge that goes to the second set of tunnels to get through the mountain on the southern side and uh what collapsed the 400 bridge in atlanta <clears throat> PVC. Like was it right? pvc i thought it was pvc okay well there was like a homeless encampment or something or homeless yeah there we go there's all kind of yeah construction materials being stored underneath and all that's of a sudden what they it goes said up it was, because yeah. of climate change yeah <laughs> then climate change happened someone <laughs> broke out a ouija board and summoned general sherman and then the bridge collapsed exactly so yeah, he's still burning this, burning Atlanta from the afterlife, right? <laughs> right. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah, PVC, that's what I was getting at, though. You know, obviously, Atlanta needs some Pittsburgh bridge builders to, uh, you know, show us how to only let our bridge collapse when the president comes to town. <laughs> and also, no one died in that collapse. But we got the really, we got the really funny picture of the of the Port Authority bus sitting there, hanging off of the side, and then everyone's, you know, that was almost as big as when uh when a sinkhole opened downtown and one of the Port Authority buses fell into it, <laughs> backwards. And oh, dude, you're turning into a giant there. Like, I've, I can send you some memes. There, there's your DOT up there is is notoriously awful. Oh, let me pull this. They're apparently this really good at a, finding This is a Babylon sinkholes. D article. Like well, yeah, because there's plenty of sinkholes. <laughs> so this was an article I literally saw yesterday. I'm going to drop this in the chat. Yeah, the biggest pros and cons of living in each state. Um, it's a Babylon Bee article that came out like, I don't know, a day or two ago. The August 12th, so last week. Yeah, pull that up. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> if you want to pull that up, Zach. But yeah, that's actually the joke. Um, yeah, scroll down to Pennsylvania real quick, and then we'll maybe we'll run through this list because there's some good ones. Georgia, Chick Fil A, <laughs> everywhere you <laughs> look, you help us see states. Amen. <laughs> this is great. Oh. Uh, uh, Michigan, everything that's not Detroit, con Detroit. <laughs> um, Montana, let's stick on a Jake. Montana, there's nothing but wide open land. Con, no, seriously, there's nothing but wide open land. New Hampshire, <laughs> the slogan is liberty or not a libertarian philosophy. Con, the slogan has attracted many libertarians. <laughs> Ohio, it's not Michigan. Con, it's Ohio. <laughs> Nice. There we go. Pennsylvania, pro. You can live in an uppity city or in the backwoods with the Amish. Con, PennDOT. Note, we yeah. have no clue what this means, but our B writer from Pennsylvania said locals will find this hilarious. If you go, if you locals don't like it, please let us know and he will be sacked. And I'm going to say <laughs> no. I, that made me laugh when I saw it because they are. Dude, like, that's, I've, we've, we've done some surveys before for, for telecom. And we just had to verify what the width of the right of way was in a certain area. Okay, so I called the county, called the county. I said, hey, just want to verify what the width of the right of way is. All the records in the area just say 
to the road or along the road. Doesn't tell me how far out of the center line of the road is the right of way. 20 minutes later, I get a call from somebody from PennDOT. And this guy, I, I swear to you, it, it sounded like he was from New York. Sounded like he was barefoot in his office and smoking a cigar with his feet on the desk. And he was like, hey, I heard you had a request for the right of way with. What are you doing in the area? You building? You know, you got a permit? Where was this None? area? Was it Philadelphia area? It was Allegheny County. Oh, that's Pittsburgh. You got you got a permit? No. What are you building? I'm not building anything. We're surveying. No permits get approved unless they go through me first. I know everything. I was like, okay. He's like, we're not building Except anything. I'm just what I just know what the is. width of the right of way is. He's like, who's asking? I was like, I can't tell you that. He's like, well, I can't tell you what the right of way is. That's public information. And he goes, not anymore. I run it. <laughs> and hangs up the phone. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> He's yeah, making up rules as he goes, man. Yeah. You can't tell me a shitty PennDOT story and, and me be surprised. Like, <laughs> it's a common joke around here that you drive by road construction and there's six people standing around doing nothing and two people working. One person in a hole, six people looking at him. Yeah, yeah there you go. Commenting yeah. on him like, 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 about it. And four people holding up those stop signs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then now they've got the person that has to drive you they have to like lead you and then they gotta drive back is this like just where i live or is this everywhere now that the lead it's like the follow the leader car that's got the stupid sign on the back that's like follow me this never used to be a thing and now it's a thing and it takes twice as long because they don't let you go more than five miles a fucking hour i don't anyway. know what union that is but i hate them yeah <laughs> oh it's awful yeah i need a beer yeah you know uh, thank you for the uh for the the raise in wages, you know, but that stuff right there, uh uh. Yeah. Just not to correct the record, that. unions are not responsible for having ever raised any wages, or at least not most of them. I don't know. Tell that to UPS, man. The Teamsters are doing a pretty good job of making sure the drivers get paid 170K. And yeah, all the headlines ran, we see. You just ran yellow out of business, though. Right. So. Now, yeah, 150k to drive UPS made me like, yeah, maybe I should go join. Maybe I should just go drive. Well, UPS. and and then you read the article, and it's pretty clear to mention that you know, on top of pension and benefits, they make an average of this and this and this. Okay, so that just means they cost UPS 170k. They're bringing home maybe 95, which is still pretty sweet. For a driver, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and then, you know, once you retire, you know, you do 25 years, UPS is still one of those companies, you know, the only other ones I know of like that are like the railroad companies where you do 25 years, you get your Rolex, you get your party with the crappy cake and the Diet Coke, you know, and, and then you go and you and you collect 60% of your paycheck for the rest of your life that transfers, you know, to the rest of your family if you, if you croak early. I don't know why croak is just a funny word to me. Yeah, that's a. Uh... Anyway, yeah, that Babylon Beat article, great. And that was a good game of trivia. I quite enjoyed that. It was a little. I bit also out of quite it. enjoyed it. I'll bet you yeah, did. I'll bet you did. I, 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 really, I, 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 I did too, Zane. I love trivia. watching you work, brother. I don't know how else to say it, man. No, honestly, I knew I'm that only... you knew. I knew that. I I, I thought ah, this is my one chance to do this, but also like, 
I know Zane has enough connections to the area that like he might be able to pick up on this. I'm only bitter about the Frank Lloyd Wright thing because it's like he's my guy. But yeah, <laughs> the name of the specific strike is crazy. I honestly I didn't know that. Homestead Speaking of local oh, connections to the area and that uh, article bringing up, you know, living around Amish people as a pro of being in Pennsylvania. I don't know, Nick, if you've ever heard of or been to this place, but my family on multiple occasions when we lived uh, up in Maryland went to this amusement park. I think it was called like Dutch Wonderland or something. And it's like a Pennsylvania Dutch themed amusement park. <laughs> it's wild. Is that, I'm guessing that's like out in Amish country. Yeah, that might yeah, be a little bit east of you. Is, there, is like, there any alcohol sold? Uh, I can't remember. This was like 12 or 13 years ago. With this the, lo yeah. the, local, the, local, the local amusement park in Pittsburgh is called Kennywood. And uh, they do sell beer there now. But uh, also they tried to switch from Heinz Ketchup because some buyer, because after you know, it was sold to a larger company at some point, some buyer, some purchaser in the buying department said, oh, this is probably cheaper to switch to this ketchup. And they didn't realize that like that was yes, like the thing there. And it was a scandal that rocked the whole city for about two years. <laughs> they came out. It's like, no, 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 we're not switching the ketchup. Like, we're not switching the ketchup. Yeah. None of that it's... Hunt's ketchup. <laughs> right. Like... They like the Hunt's because I'm guessing they probably got a better deal. And then, like, the whole city erupted. In... <laughs> it was like, like headline news here. Chocolate at Hershey, Pennsylvania, like, to which Mars is an amusement park it's also. Yeah, yeah. Hershey Parks and the yeah, and when I pass that, I like to stop by Chocolate World because it's great. But uh, and then you have the, the Ticonderoga pencil. Is that a rhyme? No. Uh, <laughs> what is that? The Ticonderoga. It's it's an iconic pencil. You know, if you ever a drew anything, yeah, yeah screwed the. Um, I mean, they they were the they were the pioneers of the number two pencil in my mind. You know, anybody that had a little art kit that was doing sketches and stuff. In school growing up, it was, you know, oh, you have the Ticonderoga pencil? Oh, my gosh. Is this a mechanical or just a standard pencil? Just standard pencil. Well, then. But they had all the different weights and the shades and everything you need okay. for the standard art kit. Oh, uh, okay. But, like the different hardness yeah, of the ground. Yeah, or but they're made like, in okay. Pennsylvania. Come to think pencil of it, Ticonderoga Vegas. would be a really good name for a log flume ride. Right? Ticonderoga is Pencil-shaped Ticonderoga is in New York, though. <laughs> is it really? Four Ticonderogas in New York, up on the Canadian border or something. Hmm. I think we need to start an amusement park, but then change the name to Pennsylvania, like P-E-N-C-I-O, <laughs> and have every ride be pencil-themed, like the log flume. It would, honestly, it would be a big flop, but it would be fun to design. There's, there's already an Amish-themed theme park. There's already a, a chocolate theme park. Uh... Kennywood just went all out and made a Steelers Nation section of the theme park. Like, <laughs> our theme parks are themed enough. Oh, yeah, Kennywood, because of Kenny Pickett. Hopefully, he turns out good. If he turns out to be a boss, <laughs> that would be a big waste of money. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's only his second year, and the Steelers thing's been around for probably two or th three years, maybe. I can't remember. But, yeah. This is our year. I mean, yeah, Kenny's going to do just fine. You know, he, he did great at Pitt, lit up those victory lights in the cathedral, learning plenty of times. He's a talented receiver, man, for real. Steelers know how to draft receivers. 
Oh, absolutely. Heinz Ward, you kidding me? Dude, that's he's my man, dude. Oh, Heinz Ward was yeah. Heinz Ward was sick, dude. He, he he would take a hit that would give anybody else a concussion that would send him out on the sidelines for two weeks, and he'd get up he and gave, smile. He gave with a, a smile. It's the best deep uh, detail. Yeah. He would Bonus. block like a fullback, man. Like, Bonus trivia question. When when arriving in the Pittsburgh airport and heading down the escalator to the train, there are two two statues you pass. Who are those two statues? Zane. William Penn and Ben Roethlisberger. No. <laughs> those are great guesses, though. Steve? <laughs> Troy Polamalu and Heinz Ward. No. <laughs> Alden? Bill Cower and Paul Bunyan. George no. Washington and Franco Harris. Franco <laughs> Harris, interesting. I barely heard it because your mic cut out, but I know the name so well, but I was like yeah. able to get it. So my my next guess was going to be Jack Lambert, but yeah, no, just the uh, most iconic play in football history. There we go. So apparently I've fallen prey to the Mandela effect. Ticonderoga is definitely in New York, but I'm pretty sure I had one that was made in Pennsylvania. Yeah, it could be. I mean, things. Yeah, it was Hershey scented, so that might have helped. <laughs> it was one of the pencils you scratch it, and you smell it. Oh man, I I remember scratch and sniff was like a thing when I was a kid. Like, oh yeah, honestly, we were. Like, did you have scented markers too? Like, why were we training kids? Oh, to scented sniff markers. markers. <laughs> right. Those were the best. What it's so whenever good, I was in a whenever I was trying to find a marker out of like a marker bin, you would search for several minutes trying to find one of the scented ones. Yeah, yeah. so you could sniff it the entire time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And then if you run out, idea. just just dip a rag in gasoline and just you know supplement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like color with ether, kids. It's fine. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Such a bad idea, but like I'm so glad someone came up with that really bad idea. Hours of entertainment. <laughs> I never ate paste though, but I, I huffed a lot of markers as a kid. It might explain yeah, Tide Pods. Do you eat Tide Pods? <laughs> no. <laughs> See, and, and they missed they missed something too. If they're eating Tide Pods, they don't realize there's popcorn on the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't ever have to go hungry. I haven't even done the cinnamon challenge. I'm definitely not doing the Tide Pod challenge. <laughs> Zach, can we pull up uh, Zane's letter? You say cinnamon challenge? Yeah, the spoonful of dry cinnamon see if you can swallow without coughing or whatever. Uh, I've heard that it's physiologically impossible. That's that's the hence the challenge, like yeah. Yeah, like the whole thing about like chugging a gallon of milk. So if you uh, if you can do it, then we know you're a lizard person, right? (laughs) There you go. Yeah, that's the tell. I say I've witnessed somebody chug a gallon of milk. I remember hearing that one. A gallon is a lot yeah. of liquid of anything. And he, he, by the way, though, he could not eat a pickled quail egg afterward because that was my challenge. To to fit it? <laughs> is that what it is? Or No, 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 no. Pickled quail eggs, you know, sizable, but it's... A quail egg? Yeah. Why is it so big? Quail eggs are tiny. I thought. All right. So I want to highlight... Zane's doing some of the hard work here and giving public comment to the rulers. So he didn't go in person, but he wrote a letter and they have to read it into the record. So we got the video of him writing to the politicians up. 
so just for a bit of background before you play just for a bit of background before you play it uh the board of commissioners were considering raising the millage rate uh and one of the main reasons why is uh longtime listeners of the show will know that uh they were considering they are considering building a a new jail that's going to cost them 1.7 billion dollars and steven pointed out that a lot of NFL stadiums cost less than that. And so I, I took the liberty of uh, researching how much it costs to build Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and this public comment was the result. And, oh. and no Mercedes-Benz Stadium has speaker? ever caused anyone to die from my, uh, from bed bugs. Bed bug, no. yeah. Oh, this is from Zane Placy, chairman of the Libertarian Party of Fulton County. I regret that I cannot speak to you in person. The Fulton County Commissioners are planning to raise our taxes to spend $1.7 billion on a new jail. For context, adjusted for inflation, Mercedes-Benz Stadium costs $1.79 billion to build. The Commissioners are building the Mercedes-Benz Stadium of jails and are reaching into your pocket to pay for it. Not to mention that this vanity project comes on the heels of one of the inmates being eaten to death by bedbugs. Apparently, nothing short of $1.7 billion can possibly prevent this from happening again. For the commissioners, the formula is simple. Squander any amount of money they get, then complain that they need even more. We should not be enabling this embarrassing behavior. The next public speaker. Hello, this is from Zane. Play oh, nice. That's great. Well it must done. have helped. It must have helped because in the vote after that, they actually did not raise the millage rate. So there were several other speakers there. Oh, too. really? Look at uh, Zane stopping yeah. tax increases. Yeah. All right. Good job, dude. Increases. Yeah. Cheers. I'll drink to that. Yeah. Uh, it's hard when you tell them, "Hey, you one of the nicest stadiums in the NFL. You're going to build that for a jail because you can't stop bed bugs from killing people." <laughs> yeah. Right. Right, and, and then and then you look at the bona fides of Sheriff Labot, and it's like the dude did nothing. You know, like he got he got jailer of the year. While you've got, uh, I didn't even have these people were running drugs. Yeah, exactly. Like, why is that even a thing? That's horrible. Uh, but then you have you know inmates getting cell phones, ordering drugs, buying drugs. You've got a rapper that does a music video and just freaking leaves at yeah. the end of his video. <laughs> You know, like, and this is the same place you you expect a U.S. president to to serve a term for a phone call. <laughs> I'm like, it's just, it's it's baffling. Good job. Is, did they really not raise the millage rate because of that? Well, I mean, I, it, pro it probably wasn't solely because of my comment, but they did not. They voted to not raise it. I'm there gonna say go. it was. We're gonna pretend that it was because of your comment, and honestly. Uh, taking one from like the Zach playbook, it might be great uh, to throw op eds out to like see if he gets picked up to like the AJC or something next time something like that comes up. Because you know, you you, you mentioned stuff like that, and maybe the AGC might actually pick it up. Because I know Zach was kind of successful during the Mons campaign with like putting out op eds in, in those areas and getting the smaller papers to pick it up. So I don't know, it's hard to tell. Would the AJC rather you comment on like the deplorable conditions in the Fulton County Jail and spending $1.7 billion for a new one, or would they rather taxes increase? <laughs> because progressives like to spend money. I don't right. know, but 
there's there's at least enough there that you might be able to actually get published on it and uh you know, something to keep in mind because op-eds are easy you crank that out by writing uh by using chat gpt <laughs> well and and here's a novel idea you know sheriff labot how about you decriminalize marijuana you know then you, you don't need, need a legislator for that you don't need a legislator for that all you have to do is a public announcement that you're going to instruct your deputies to anything under an ounce you're just going to stomp it down on the sidewalk slap the guy in the face and tell him to go home well, you also you're, you're not you also tell them you're not using our jail for this you're not bringing them here go figure that, yes yes that, that stuff yes you know sheriff bab has done it in fayette county okay uh the cab uh they've done the same thing you know it, it's been it's been a little like quiet there I like you know, but it's, it's it's one of those things where you know as a sheriff you have the constitutional authority to even hold a national press conference and tell your state legislator and the federal legislator, I'm the enforcer and I ain't doing that. Y'all like are out that. of your minds. I wish more would do Guess that. Guess what, Feds? You're not using you're not using my facilities to enforce your gun laws either. There you go. You're That's asking true. me. You're asking me to exceed my budget, and I'm not going to squeeze the local populace to appease you. Screw you. I live with them. These are my neighbors, my friends, and my family, and my coworkers. I'm standing with them. And, and that's what we need leave. is our sheriffs. Okay. So as much as we hate, you know, police abuse of power, this is how we overturn federal tyranny. Well, is through our local sheriffs. Use of power. That's a smart yeah. use of like jurisdiction to make something just truly better for your community and just like if the on a national level, if we're just not, and that's what we're trying to do that here. That's, that's the strategy we're pushing it. At least I'm pushing is like this whole local, like, and even as you don't even have to get sheriff, like being a sheriff in, in a state like Georgia, where there's a, you know, 5,000 counties and you know, <laughs> there's, there's a ton of nice try. Yeah. But you know, yeah, there's like a lot, but, <laughs> it's a lot. Even so like, many. you know, being, being a mayor, being, you know, getting a couple friends and just being like, hey, we're going to go take over the city council and, like, just kind of do whatever we want. We're going to say, yeah, we're not enforcing this. We're not doing that. We're telling the local cops we're not doing this. We're not doing that. You feds are staying out of here. We're doing this, you know. There's a whole bunch of stuff you could just roll in there and do. I mean, you know, you just need a couple people. I mean, city councils on a, in a small town, you know, what, maybe five, six people you get four of your friends from different parts of town and you're just like, yeah, we're just going to go do this. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty simple, right? Yeah. Like yeah. at the, at the city level, I was looking into this a couple of days ago. I found an article from a couple of years ago. So in Sandy Springs, which is in Fulton County, the city got so fed up with people that they were trying to charge with drug crimes, having to wait forever to ever have their, court case come up in the Fulton County court system, they decided that instead of doing that, they were just going to be start issuing disorderly conduct tickets for like crack. And, and so if they, they found you with crack, they just write you a $50 ticket and send you on your way, which is, you know, pretty awesome. For crack? That's, yeah, that's pretty mild for crack, I would say. Well, I mean, if you get caught with it. If you get like if with crack, like if you're dumb enough to like, I'm gonna smoke this on the sidewalk in front of city hall. Like if you're like, at that point you're addicted to crack. Like you have no common sense or sense of public decency. You don't care if kids or or, or you know women or anything like that see you you know 
murdering yourself on the sidewalk. Like at that point, you know, if you get caught in the middle of the city center with crack, you've got a problem. And your problem shouldn't be that the government hates you. You know, your problem should be that you're addicted to crack and you need help. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm not sure if in these parts, I'm, I'm not sure if they were like actually using it out in the open or if cops had just stopped them for some other reason and found that they had these hard drugs on them. I also can't remember if it was specifically crack or if it was some other hard drug, but it was hard drugs that they were doing this for. Gotcha. I, well, you know, most of it applies to most hard drugs. What classifies uh, a hard drug? I mean, if you if, if you're well, I, I guess anything harder than weed is hard. Yeah, that's well. I mean, sure, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I say this just because, like, when you get into the you know enforcing things and laws and whatnot, like if we, you know, if we're gonna theorize about like how to go about it or whatever, like everyone has a different idea of what a hard drug is, and some people include weed in there, you know. So if you yeah. count weed as a hard drug, then there is no such thing as a soft drug. There right. you go. Well, and yeah. you're probably Ronald Reagan at that Caffeine. point. Caffeine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Zach was saying crackheads can always run for mayor of D.C. Amen to that, Florida. brother. Let's not forget that one. Um, Wasn't that governor of Florida also? And Toronto, Canada. I guess oh, the guy all, running for Florida, Florida was, governor. Yeah, what was it? it, was, it was, oh, uh, Andrew Gillum. Andrew Gillum. Andrew Gillum was in Florida. Toronto was that? That was one of the Fords. Oh, Rob Ford. Now. Yeah, I don't remember if it was Rob he Ford. He got or... reelected. So not just running, but elected. He got reelected. Like he got he got caught with some gay stuff and some and smoking crack, and got reelected. And they were like, "That's my guy." Because <laughs> there were two Ford brothers. We need brothers, crack pipe vending Ford machines on every corner right now. Doug Ford, right? And I think Rob Ford's dead now. Yeah, but Doug Ford's uh, I think still doing something. And then the DC was that Marion Barry? Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, that, it's hard to keep track which politicians or their kids are crackheads these days. Oh man, yeah. and I, and I meant to send this to the show notes, uh, but you know my wife was playing a a Facebook reel, and it was uh, you know it was a guy who was listening to something, and this guy was rattling off all these stats, like all these you know criminal conspirators or charges that are levied against these folks and he's like 73 of the members of this organization uh you know committed assault and battery 78 committed you know drug trafficking charges and he just rattles off this long laundry list lasts like a minute and a half right and he's like and you would say two of these were murderers you know three of these were thieves and he's like and you would think this sounds like the nba or the nfl right is no it's the u.s congress I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, it reminded me of the uh, the meme uh, back in the day here, where it was like one of these two people is a convicted felon, and it was like Snoop Dogg on the Martha Stewart show or whatever, and then it was like you're probably a racist. Like, was the if your assumption was you know that it was yeah, Snoop Dogg? Yeah. This is after her. Well, know, Snoop Dogg's a racist because he has that 19 crimes wine. What's and, the uh, oh the wine and, I forgot and wine. every Kroger that put that on a on a, a central display got in trouble. What's the what's the meaning? What's the nineteen crimes thing? What's that about? Uh, well, apparently a majority of the nineteen criminals on the wine bottles. So there's nineteen different labels of like this is a criminal, and it's all stuff from like a hundred years ago. Uh, mm. But apparently the majority of the nineteen criminals on his nineteen crimes wine brand. Are minorities. 
So each label's a different person. So it's racist, but it's so like, nice. but Snoop Dogg made it. So is it really? Can it be? I don't know. I mean, could be, sure, I guess. Yeah. Could be, right? Yeah, and and anything, you know, the answer in Metro Atlanta is. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the answer in Metro Atlanta is it's only racist if the store manager that created the assembly, created the display, is not black. Hmm. That yeah. sounds about right. Because those, those are the only ones that, you know, really care about it, basically. So right. was it racist or not at the Murder Kroger? Well, Murder Kroger got sold. It's not Kroger anymore. What is By the mean? way, for everybody listening, yeah, Murder Kroger is is off of Ponce, <laughs> uh, you know, near the Ponce City Market, which is it's at the start of the Beltline. You know, same block, same block corner of the murder Kroger as we, as we deem it, you have new rum brewing company and you have, you know, the Pont city market, um, which is the start of a good time. You know, you can go to Ponce, <laughs> get a couple of beers, rent a scooter, go to new realm, get a few beers, same scooter, keep the rental, go across the corner to, to Orpheus brewing, which they went out of business recently, you know, but there's, I mean, there's a little, you, you can rent a scooter and, and within, a three mile route, you can go to like seven breweries. It's pretty time. cool. Speaking of uh, murder and good times, I walked out of my apartment here today, going to my car, and I noticed that the car parked like next to mine in my parking lot, had a window with a bag over it. And I was like, ah, shit, like, you know, do I get to watch out for someone like smashing windows here? I, I thought they got like, you know, someone took a purse out of the car kind of thing or something like that. Then I noticed bullet holes on the side of the car and i'm like oh that wasn't a robbery that was like a drive-by situation or something like so uh i'm still learning my new neighborhood here and uh that was a, a bit of a an eye-opener so zach we'll says see this burger is become is publix or becoming a publix so publix got expensive man like, i went in there the other day i haven't shopped in there in like eight years but like good god Disco Kroger was that the one where like raves randomly broke out in the parking lot? Oh, it wasn't random. Yeah, I don't. For anyone listening, uh, Atlanta names their Krogers after things. Like, is that what's going on? Is it like an official thing? It's a thing. It's a thing. Oh, yeah. Well, and and it has more to do with the neighborhood than the Kroger. Uh, it, it, it just happens that so it's yeah. not like an official, it's like a moniker given by the people, not the store. Like, yeah, it's commonly known. Yeah, no store is going to call itself Murder Kroger. <laughs> yeah, well, and we that's you know, I, I, grew, I grew up very close to Peachtree City, Georgia, you know, the home of golf carts and uh, you know, fops and and uh, you know, upper class people that aren't worried about much, uh, but hate teenagers at the same time, and uh. There's a CVS in Peachtree City that I now call the murder CVS because someone got murdered there just a few months ago. Yeah. Um, they were out of town. And now everybody's like, oh, we need to we need to stop Highway 54 from going through the middle of Peachtree City. And everyone's like, do you realize how crazy that is? Like, you don't want a highway to go through your town because someone from out of town got shot in a parking lot. Like, that's I not going to stop what you're asking for. I, a, a new highway coming a murder in. murder happened without the highway being there. That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> the they were off the highway there. in the parking lot. 
Yeah. It's just that's where the guy stopped for a cherry coke after banging the other dude's wife. You know, and other dude caught up with him. That's what happened. So, uh, you know, if it wasn't there, it'd be somewhere else. My buddy would rather be the, the Dunkin' Walmart. Donuts or the Brewsters or the Publix. Like, Zach says, Murder Kroger tried to rebrand as Belt, Beltline Kroger and no one went for it. No one went no. for it because someone was getting shot and killed there every two months, at least. Yeah. You know, because it's it, it's like I said, it's the start of the belt line, which while the sun's up is a very beautiful place. Amazing place to be. Have the family there. Go shopping. Go hang out. Uh, you know, apparently Atlanta is one of the top cities in the country for their nature preserves. I, I wasn't aware of that, uh, but I do and know the belt line is pretty cool. Strip clubs. Uh, what's that? Strip clubs. Nature preserves and strip clubs. Nature preserves and strip clubs. Yeah. Magic yeah. City has world renowned hot wings. Um and I, and I can confirm they're pretty good. Uh, but Those the are murder things. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, because I'm confirming that from like 10 years ago. <laughs> like seven years ago, I got married. Um, or yeah. two days before I got married. We all trust that you went there for the wings and nothing else. That's exactly <laughs> right. I went there for the wings and the discussion the of undergrad law school. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's uh, this, all the law school undergrads were hanging out there and having some hot wings and discussing, you know, various things of, of legal aspects. Um, but, yeah, the murder Kroger, people would just get shot and killed there all the time. And, of course, it's right around the corner. It's the old Sears building, the Pont City Market now. It's a really cool place to go. Uh, of course, after Pont the sun City goes Park. down, unless you're on the roof, it ain't safe. Sounds like it's not safe. Necessarily, anytime. <laughs> yes. it's all flicking a knife open, right? Oh, sorry. Yeah, this is my I whatever's nearest is just my ADHD little thing. It could be a measuring tape, or it could be a pen, or a knife, or just, you don't have you a know, pistol there. You're just loaded there gun, or, yeah, <laughs> yes. you know, I don't know, five feet behind me, but anyway. just loading clips with all his magazines. Dude, honestly, that is sometimes a magazine like thumbing the rounds in a magazine is like a good ADHD little like tick thing, like. Oh yeah, it really come is. Back, come back next week to see Alden swinging a long sword during the episode. <laughs> yeah, I got a machete. Go. Yeah. I, I got a I got a wild hair one time. I went to uh, a local yard sale and I found some commas, K A M A. They're like they're like oh. little mini sids. Yes, yeah, right yeah. next to the semicolons. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, I, I tied some leather straps to them and I had them wrapped around my, my arm and just, you know, from the old rave glow sticking days, I could like, I, I realized pretty quickly, that, oh, I could swing commas like Chuck Norris in an eighties movie. Like, oh, this is pretty fun. And at and, what point in the story did you bleed out? Like, Well, I, yeah. And then one hit me in the head at 400 miles an hour. And, uh, that was not fun. No. <laughs> yeah. No. So I, I'm with you on the nervous ticks. I mean, there's, there's some things I'm like, oh, cool. I'm going to. Click this and, and, and just, swing it, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, I'm bleeding. This isn't fun anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> also the kind of person that I won't even notice that I'm bleeding. Like, if I'm engaged in something else, I'll look down and be like, oh, God, like, and I'll have it later. Like, I, it's, uh, we could talk another whole time about like personality types and cognitive functions or whatever, but my, my body sensing is like my lowest of my functions. Anyway, Here we go. So well, I won't hey, even know. If we if we've descended to the silly portion of the show, I, I've I've got I've got a saying I've, I've been waiting to say this, 
and, okay. and I, I've written it down multiple times throughout the week. I heard it at the beginning of the week and it was hilarious and it stuck and it's been resonating with me. It's garlic is the ketchup of the intellectuals. What? And, wow, and so. you know, I, I've never heard a truer saying uh, <laughs> because it was, I, I heard it. I was listening to another podcast and I was doing some meal prep over the weekend. And silly person checking in. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, buddy. Have you ever heard that garlic is the ketchup of the intellectuals? And have you ever heard anything more true? Um, you know, I was doing some meal prep, and I just realized, like, oh my god, we used all the garlic in that. And you know, then Mary's like, oh well, you know, we've got a whole week's worth of meals already cooked. I guess it's fine. And then, and then I hear that, and I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. It's the ketchup so, of the intellectuals. Now I feel special. Pop trivia yeah. question here. What is garlic called, uh, like affectionately referred to in the culinary world? Um, does anyone know the? I'm, I'm, I didn't plan this or write this out or whatever, but it's called the Pope. Like the what? The Pope. That's what people call garlic. Like when you're adding it to a dish, because oh really? You got the Holy Trinity, the mirepoix, right? Is the yeah, yeah. carrot, celery, and then garlic is the fourth. The Pope. Like when people add that into the mirepoix. Like, okay. Like, Cooking, cooking trivia, you know. But Buddy says he knows what the difference between chickpeas and garbanzo beans are. Okay, all right, buddy, you got to type it because I've got an answer for this, and it's related to Donald Trump. And I just, <laughs> I don't know if you're going the same direction with it. I got one percent on my battery, and I don't there we go. Here. <laughs> He's never had a garbanzo bean on his face. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Good time for me. I gotta leave. No battery life, but that was a good ending, buddy. I appreciate you, and I had fun with you guys. There Cheers. you go. Cheers, all. all right, thank you, you so much, man. All right. uh, yeah, man. All right, we'll wrap this up uh, tonight with. Uh, well, hey, hey, can we talk about Hawaii for a second? Can we talk about Maui? Can we, can we go into that? All right. Quickly, 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 Hawaii, and then we got to talk Argentina because there's fun stuff happening there. There we go, and and the Biden laptop revelations. Because apparently uh, Homeboy was using a pseudonym while he was VP. I can get you all a link. We can talk about that, too. Uh, yeah, let's start with Hawaii. All right. Okay, so Hawaii. Was, was this the Chinese space lasers or not? No. I, you know, that's that's it, it, it's sexy and it's intriguing to think that while they were doing topographic mapping, they would later send in another, another balloon to ignite things. And, uh, you know, by the way, good night, Grumpy. And uh, it's really sexy to think that. But then you look at the video, and apparently, and now you're reading some other stories. There's some other stories that have come out. Occam's razor has prevailed, okay? So the whole Chinese laser thing, you know, while freaking laser beams is a nice, sexy, political, theorized story to think about what really happened in this case, which is the case with most fires that get out of control human negligence human um, negligence so you know what created the fire doesn't matter at this point doesn't matter what allowed the fire to get out of control dei and i'm talking about diversity equity and inclusion fellas i'm talking I about there 
there there is a there is a certain tribal leader down in Maui that controls whether or not the fire department can use certain water supplies to put out fires. People's houses, people's businesses, the town is on fire, and this man is using his ancestral lineage as leverage to say you can't put that fire out to save a human life. Diversity, uh, equity, inclusion, more like diversity, inclusion, and equity. Am I right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And uh, I, I sent you guys a link in the chat this week, but it was um, the guy's name is Kaleo something or other, and he's not related to the band at all. Um, there it is. Yeah, for our authorizing statute to protect and manage all water resources in the state. One water is like taking it, looking at it from a holistic perspective. And that's not if any different than how Hawaiians traditionally manage water. You know, in, in essence, we treated it, and Native Hawaiians treated water as one of the earthly manifestations of a god and a kua, kane. And so that reverence um, for a resource and that reciprocity in relationship was, was something that was really, really important to our worldview and, and well-being. Right, and living in an island, and isolated from other, you know, civilizations, um, and so I think where it's shifted to today, or over time, is that we've become used to looking at water as like something which we use, and not necessarily something w that we revere as that thing that gives us life. Right? I mean, to me, it's a shift in value set, um, and you know if we can start to really look at how we as humans in an island um, can reconnect to that traditional value set. So really my motto is always like, let water connect us and not divide us. Like we, we can share it, but it requires true conversations about equity. True conversations about equity. There we go. Okay. So over so two thirds dude, of the planet is always, made of this stuff. Leader, well, you said like a tribal leader. I was picturing a much older guy, not some millennial. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, he's 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 a, a young rabble rouser, basically. Uh, but let's ignore the fact that seventy percent of the planet is made of water. Let's ignore that, and let's you know revere water, you know, for the gift that it is. You're on a freaking island, bro. What are you talking about? Worshiping water is being scarce. Valuing it over human life? Are you out of your mind? And so, and the people that listen to this guy, can you imagine being with the fire department? Can you imagine being the guy that turned the hose off because this dude said no? Uh. I, I I don't know. I I just you know at, at a certain level. So here here's something else. You know, aside from the garlic comment earlier. This is something else that should stick with everybody. This should really convict you here. Just because something is common doesn't mean it's normal. You know, yeah. being common doesn't make it normal. Okay. So in today's society, especially, being normal makes you a freaking weirdo. Okay. You know, if you really like there's things that are programmed in you that if you if you grew up right, if you had parents that loved you and cared about you, you had a, a mother and a father in the same home and you grew up with them and you maybe had some brothers or sisters. 
and they really cared about you and they worked their ass off and tried their hardest to put you through, get you a good education and care for you and raise you right and, and, and teach you how to think and use logic, you are going to stand out in today's society. You are going to be different. Okay. And stuff like this is exactly what we're talking about here is, is blending in with people being common doesn't make you normal. You know, being normal is, is adhering to the charge of your ancestors. Okay. And, and no, I'm not saying what your family did 200 years ago. Maybe that's not what I'm saying. Just think about it for a second. What, you know, what is your, what is your innate drive telling you to do? What are your instincts programmed into you? Because we have ancestral memory, memory, you know, stuff that's happened in your family two, three, four hundred years ago is programmed in you. If you if you encounter a similar situation, you're going to feel something in your gut. You're going to feel this tickle in the back of your shoulders. The hair on the back of your neck is going to raise up. There's something in your body going to tell you this isn't right. I either need to leave or fight these people. And that that is what I'm talking. About. That's normal. Removing yourself from those situations. Can you imagine letting hundreds of people die because your skewed view of how your tribal ancestors viewed water? You're, you're letting the lineage of your tribe burn because your island nation surrounded by water, revered water, this is just wild to me. Y'all correct me if I'm wrong here. Well, I, I, I find the funny part, like you said, you're, you know, you burnt up a village that was a town that was basically, from what I understand, still kind of largely held by a lot of, a lot of the indigenous population. You know, maybe not largely, but there was a significant portion. And now you're already seeing, which you know, I'm going to be honest, this is a little bit extremely scummy on the part of these real estate investors, but already coming in and say, hey. I'll buy your your burned up land for you, which I get it. I mean, you got to try to move on people who might, but like, I get it. But then you have the governor of Hawaii coming out. Oh, we might just ban selling that. I'm like, well, that's not the right answer either. But like, you know, it is opening it up for, you know, huh? people need money and, you know, more than one. Well, really sell off there, there's there's another article I saw too. There, there's something else worth noting. Here. You know, the high value properties in Maui, uh, owned by the likes of Obama, Will Smith, Morgan Freeman. Totally fine. Which, you know, those folks tend to be more selective with their investments because that's what they are, let's be honest. And they tend to build them out of areas of concern. Uh, but, you know, aside from that, there, aside from those three that I mentioned, there is a preponderance of high value properties that are wildly untouched by the by this blaze and then you have the stories of you know average mom and pop people holding hands grabbing their kids running in the ocean and ducking under the water just to dodge the, the the flaming embers raining down on them uh partially because this butthole says his ancestors revered water and he wouldn't approve the fire department to turn on the hose my understanding, there are 111 deaths 
from this uh, fire yeah. so far. Yeah. And, uh, and there's still apparently a thousand people unaccounted for, which is insane. Yeah. Well, I mean, some if there was a riptide that day, you know, and you're having to run a thousand feet out in the ocean to get away from the embers, done. Yeah. Whole family's holding hands. Next thing you know, you know, wave comes, bam, clack, clack, head against the rock. You don't come up. So, <laughs> yeah, unfortunate situation. Yeah, absolutely. So I, that was just that was the one thing I, I wanted to revisit from last week because we were talking about, you know, was it freaking laser beams? I don't know. You know, it, it appears in this situation, Occam's razor has prevailed. The simplest solution is often the correct one. And here we have human negligence. There was someone in their local government told the fire department, don't turn on the hose. Not yet. Uh, yeah. And then by the time he did, people were dead and the entire city was on fire. Right. Yeah. Imagine being the fireman listening to that guy. And now this is coming out because, you know, that's the obviously this guy's going to catch some heat. Okay. Like he should. But who well, followed these orders? Though. Who followed these orders? You know, this guy, if this guy's some kind of, you know, tribal elder, tribal leader, whatever, the tribe lives there. Yeah. Dude, you killed the tribe. Like, you know, I I just don't see the whole tribe going along with that and taking it in stride and just be like, oh, well, he's right. We have to revere water. This is kind of the consequence of when you look at the earth as a god. You know, I mean, he kind of spoke about it in those explicit terms but even if you don't come out and say it ex explicitly the entire kind of um global warming um you know alarmist movement speaks in language about how you know we're defiling the earth as though we're just a bunch of parasites and the earth itself is somehow you know holy and and um you know in it a good in and of itself apart from how humans can use it you know steve i know you're a christian i am as well there's a difference between the the earth being a gift from god which i believe that it is for us to use its re use and steward its resources and it literally being a god which leads you down some really dark paths this there you go them. yeah 100 percent so, you know, just just bear that in mind that, you know, as you see in coming years that you have multiple USU's conglomerates as well as multiple foreign national governments and we'll say special interest groups, you know, Davos, uh, you know, the Trilateral Commission, uh, the Bilderbergs, um, you know, bricks, nations, whatever, as, as they put the emphasis on climate change, they're going to do whatever they can to exacerbate natural disasters, to let them take their natural course. Whether it's, you know, taking a knee instead of using a fire hose, 
or you know whatever method it is they're going to they're going to use that and then they're going to use the 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 videos and the photos of the devastation and the sadness and all the stuff in the wake of it to try to bludgeon you with it to convince you that you're awful because you drive your four kids to uh, soccer practice in a Chevy Suburban. Right. You need to live in the pod and eat your bugs. That's right. And, and just, just know, you know, and, and even libertarians more and more are, are more dependent on technology and social media. Just know because it appears normal. Doesn't make it normal. You know, just because it's common, just because it's everywhere. Oh, I've seen it everywhere. I see it all over the place. All these people are talking about it. I don't mean it's normal. Normal is what's in your gut. Normal is what your parents raised you to do. And what you've surmised is a good thing to do as an adult. Using your rationale and logic. It, it's just, that's the only thing I can say about that. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to make you different. If you think logically, if you, if you have a way to dissect and analyze data in a rational nature, it's going to make you stand out from society increasingly over the next years. Just know that, you know, but there's going to be guys like us drinking beers and cutting up with you in the meantime. That's the way it goes. All right. What was the next door you wanted to hit? Uh, the Joe Biden pseudonym of uh, Robert L. Peters, apparently, while he was vice Let's president. Let's hit that so that we have a uh, a good palate cleanser of uh, Argentina. All right, here we go. So, um, Robert L. Peters is uh, you're saying is a student. Is this like uh, Ron Mexico? All right, let's see here. Let me try to find, I'm trying to find something to put in the chat real quick. All right, so this is this is Biden's Ron Mexico moment then. Yeah, and so I, I was going to make a bad joke about it tonight too, about like Carlos Danger and Robert Peters walk into a bar. <laughs> there we go. That's the New York Post story. I hadn't really vetted that one yet. I was reading something on Zero Hedge today when I when I was messaging you guys about this. Uh, but apparently, uh, Biden was using a laptop while he was VP. There we go. Zach may have found something better. Yeah, Robert L. Peters was the name. And it had a fake government email address and everything created. This is while he's vice president. So this is while Obama's president. You got Joe Biden over here with a fake name, fake email address. So are the so these the emails are public record then, right? Well, the the house is is making a motion to make this public record. Okay. And and this is perhaps why the smoke screen of the Trump indictment is being thrown up, uh, because in the wake of this, Obama's coming out that yeah he's gay. Surprise, surprise. Obama is. Yeah. Oh, um, we can kind of figure with this. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Well, and, and then you got the uh, who's the guy, Larry Summers, that while he was a senator, uh, Larry Summers is like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Used to give him a blow and go for some coke back in the day while he was a senator. Um, so all, you know, all this stuff's coming out, but you know, it, it just 
try to take some time to see through the smoke and mirrors and just realize what's going on here is that Joe Biden was monetizing the position of vice president while he is vice president. Well, and now, he, now eight years later, he's president. What? Take 10% off to the big guy, right? And that's Yeah, 10% for the big guy. That kind of stuff. So, so now you see there was this dummy email address for Robert Peters. And, oh, there we go. Hey, Zach's bringing that one up. Good job, Jamie. Uh, our second gay president. All right. <laughs> our, our second one. What? Oh, yeah, Herbert Hoover. No, Buchanan. Oh, okay. Uh, Herbert Hoover. Second black a- president, too. Uh, the second one, yes, that's right. <laughs> Bill Clinton was the first black. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hoover, Herbert Hoover was a crossdresser, apparently. Uh, yeah, but uh, you know, so now Obama's coming out saying that you know he fantasized about men regularly, which is oddly timed that this is in the headlines now because, like, hey, didn't your chef just turn up dead while paddleboarding at Martha's Vineyard? Some of those mellow waters on, on the planet, like the climate change. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, if Obama does regularly fantasize about men, it would explain a lot about how he ended up with Michelle. <laughs> yep, we had to go there. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, you know, the, look, you can't deny the bulge on Jimmy Kimmel. Okay. And the linebacker shoulders and and the it's just you know I've said it before with Brittany Griner if she's got an apple she's got a banana. <laughs> oh my gosh, we need to end the episode. <laughs> uh, let's let's wash this off with uh, some Javier yeah. in LA. Yeah. So this is in Spanish. Is someone gonna read it or? Uh, we'll we'll just recap it. Tomorrow I come with a piece of paper and I tell you, Matthias, give me half your income. You're going to tell me, I already told you no. But hey, look here, I have a paper that says you have to give it to me. And it's signed. And you're going to ask me who it is who it was signed by. Me. And again, you're going to kick me out. And when I come back on the third day and I come back with a guy who looks like Shaquille O'Neal with a baseball bat, I, I, I tell you, Matthias, while this guy has a baseball bat and hits his hands, give me half your income. I'd probably give you 70% so you don't hit me. Okay, but that's theft. It's robbery. Taxes are theft. Yeah, and the guy's contesting, okay, but it's from the state. The authority's given by law. He says, but that's not legit. I don't know if we want to watch all five minutes of that. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, yeah, this is great. I love this. Uh, Let's get the other one with with him going after the leftists because that was great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you'll hear the word mira thrown around, and I think mira left or left. I don't know. He's saying it weird, but 
Al zurdo de mierda no le podés dar ni un pero, milímetro. Pero me podés definir zurdo de mierda. Que no Todos los que, digamos, los colectivistas, los que ponen, digamos, o sea, esa idea. A ver, ¿qué se le pone? Porque son una mierda. Si vos al zurdo no le podés dar un milímetro, porque le das un milímetro. Si le un There you go. What a guy. And don't negotiate with trash because they will end you. Well, and and who was it? Was it was and it Pol Pot? So was was, was, was it Mal? We are since we are defeating them in the cultural battle, we're not only superior economically, we're morally superior, we're aesthetically superior, we're better than them at everything. And since they can't beat our arguments and our ideas peacefully, they use the repressive apparatus of the state to destroy us. With taxpayer money into influence, and yet they're still losing. Wow. <laughs> and you understand they're losing. That's amazing. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, who, who was the, who was the uh, it was one of the Asian leaders? I don't know if it was Pol Pot or Mao, but they said, you know, when when we hang the last capitalist, we'll use the rope they sold to us to do it. Right. Something, something along those lines, right? And it, and it's just that that that's like a communist mantra of like, you know, we're going to destroy them because look, once they have the means of education and they have the means of money production, that's how they can do it because then at that point they control your kids and they control your money, and they won't have to do it really. You'll you'll give the rope to your kid and they'll hang you. Yeah, the yeah, the idea easy. behind it is that like the capitalist system contains the seeds of its own destruction. This is the Marxist philosophy. But when yeah. they say like we'll hang the capitalist with ropes they sold us, the only thing that that really implies is that communists are unable to manufacture rope. <laughs> Amen. That's what well, that's they, where I'm going with that one too, man. That's I mean, they yeah. can't manufacture food either, right? They end up just starving themselves. So that's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But no, that, yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, uh, this Javier Millet uh, kind of came out as the surprise. Uh, I'm not going to say victor, but he he got the highest percentage of votes in the Argentinian primary. And he's a self-described anarcho-capitalist running on a minarchist platform because uh, he's trying to be a little bit moderate, I guess, to be like, we're going to take, I guess, pragmatic steps towards what I want, which it makes well, sense. Well, it works so well for Austin right. Peterson. Why not? Right. So he, uh, so yeah, um, he intends immediately, he intends to, uh, to get rid of the Argentinian central bank. Now he intends to do that by dollarizing, but I mean, you know, I, I can't blame the guy for that as much as I'm like, yeah, I'll go on the Bitcoins. People in Argentina are struggling there. Apparently yesterday, they, businesses couldn't open for business because they couldn't figure out how to price stuff because the, the money was all over the place. They're like, we can't figure out what our money's worth right now. We can't even do business right now because we can't figure out what it's worth. So they... Yeah, being uh, a um, menu printer must be pretty profitable in Argentina because they're constantly having to update their prices. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm old like, enough to remember selling a hundred gold in world of Warcraft 
for 200 Venezuelan dollars. <laughs> like yeah. this, it's happened. Uh, right. so, so, you know, as much as we want to dollarizing say, too, it's, I mean, that sounds right. like trading one bad currency for another, but it's really hard to get dollars in Argentina. Like you can't get them out of ATMs. Uh, they limit how many citizens can bring in. So they smuggle them in and like their socks and stuff like that instead. Right, so I it's don't actually know that scarce. you can just go withdraw them. Yeah. Didn't they have it's a few mayors scarce. recently too that, that like they drag the mayors out of their out of their houses in the middle of the night and shave their heads and tar and feather them and stuff? Like I didn't catch that. Yeah. Oh, I'll find some of that. That's happened in the last couple of years. But the, uh, uh, but yeah, they were dollarizing, which you know, it's hard to it's hard to argue with someone, you know, that, you know, a money that loses ten percent of its value per year, they shouldn't switch to when their money's losing ten percent per month, right? I mean, at some point, it's like, what's the least worst option you have? And what can you and is going to facilitate international trade and try to stabilize your country? And well, honestly, meanwhile, you, you've got India and UAE just started this week trading oil, not in U.S. dollars. Oh yeah, India yeah, bought India dollars. bought oil from the UAE. It was a bunch. It was like a million barrels in Indian rupees. Someone accepted rupees outside of India. I don't believe that. No one wants rupees. Oh yeah, they 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 did not. They did not. I forget the name of the platform, but like they did not convert their native currencies. It was like the, a straight swap. Because the Saudi is—is is that the real? What's the Saudi money? Yes, the real. Yeah. Well, that's um, the Turkish real. Uh, what is Saudi? It might be the real. Oh, regardless, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Saudi wanted money in their wanted payment in their currency, but. Yes, we all. So to take uh, to take money to take payment in rupees, like nobody takes payment in rupees. No one wants rupees. Well, UAE did this week for oil. Interesting. Well, that's I think what, that's, that's, that's what get... we talked about last week, dude. The BRICS nations are meeting next week. It's getting the Durban Accords. Interesting. Everybody hates the U.S. dollar. Yeah, it's, well, it's, and, and and you know, having having a dementia patient that falls downstairs, craps himself at the Vatican, upstairs. and does nothing but take vacations and eat ice cream, having that does not display, uh, you know, business acumen or physical prowess in any means. So you have to understand that the rest of the world is just thinking, well, we're we're signaling that we're done. We have a freaking dementia patient calling the shots. And and before he was a dementia patient, he was an absolute criminal, is what we're discovering. Uh, not to say Trump is any better, okay? You know, it's just you know just because Biden doesn't look well, like he wasn't he wasn't using an elected position to be a criminal. He was just being a criminal, right? You know, just because just because Trump doesn't look like Tupperware after spaghetti's been in it, or just because Biden doesn't look like Tupperware after spaghetti's been in it, you know, doesn't mean he doesn't have his issues. It's wild what's going on and um you know just know that there's going to be some things coming down the pipe there's going to be some things pushed in your face that make you think this is normal just because it's so common it's not normal 
All right. I think Zach has to get going. I don't know if he's still here or not, but we should probably wrap up. So plugs. Uh, Zane, you got anything to plug? Follow at LP Fulton GA on Twitter and come to our meetup. If you're in the Sandy Springs area, it'll be at Mutation Brewing at 7 o'clock next Tuesday evening. All right, Steve, what do you got? Uh, you know, uh, Libertarian Party of Fit in Coweta. Uh, we're meeting at uh, the Lion Creek Bus Barn uh, this Saturday, actually, at noon. So if you want to come, come on out. Uh, I'll be there. What's Zach that? will be there. Yeah, from what I understand, Chattahoochee Valley is going to be there. So, uh, yeah, that'll be pretty cool. Excited to meet some folks. Uh, it's going to be a good time. Lion Creek Bus Barn is a cool place. I like that place. It, it used to be the bus yard for Fayette County where they parked the buses in the summertime when school wasn't in. And then a uh, genius real estate developer was like, hey, we could turn this into something. And the county's like, we agree. How much are you going to pay us? And, uh, you know, apparently the number was right. And uh, it's pretty cool. There's a good venue. It's a good place for the kids to hang out to. There's a city park and playground in the middle of it. Water, uh, you know, splash park thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And the adults can hang out around the edge. And, you know, there's an ice cream shop next door. It's a really cool place. Really good venue. And then uh, I would say uh, lpgeorgia.com. And, um, you know, just, just hey, this is one of many avenues the state party is using to get the message out and just kind of convey our analysis. And if you like it, if you don't totally hate it, we would love to have you on board. Love to hear your voice. Come chime in on the chat. Send us an email. Send us a tweet. However you can get a hold of us, please just reach out, interact. And uh, maybe we can all do something together. All right. And uh, I have a quick plug if you want to go last, Nick. Yep, go ahead. So, um, Daywalker Comedy was on Break the Cycle tonight. So, go check that out. And then also, yeah, check out Banish Big Brother. If I could say it, banishbigbrother.com. That's a project of LP Georgia. It's really about to kick off. Uh, When you go there, you'll be able to. You know, basically join a list and we're going to make a exclusive to that list announcement tomorrow about a big event that we're going to have going on. Yeah, Zane's already uh, hitting up Fulton County for public records requests. Um, uh, specifically the city of Sandy Springs because we figured that would be a bit more manageable. So we've gotten two responses already. So we'll be uh, looking over those here very soon. So there's there's action going on and we want to we want to take that. We want to do uh we want everyone doing, you know, we want people to join us in doing things like this, where whether it's uh, just requesting public information and, you know, maybe set up a media site and just hold them accountable by, uh, by you know, publishing public documents and saying, hey, here's what's going on. Here's how they're using your tax money. Here's how they're screwing you over. Or, uh, you know, in some of these other organized ways we're doing, uh, you know, run for office. There's a ton of things that you can be doing. And uh, we can be focusing in on to uh, improve improve the world in, in every little way we can, especially uh, close to home where we have a whole lot more control than, you know, in Washington, D.C., where they're doing, you know, all sorts of terrible stuff. So I'm just going to plug to go ahead. And uh, if you don't follow uh, at Bitcoin Caucus on Twitter, that's my current project going on, uh, promoting Bitcoin uh, to libertarians, trying to bring, you know, Bitcoiners to uh to the party who generally align as well as uh you know educate you know libertarians here about bitcoin and uh especially candidates and get them uh talking right and working with the right people to push uh push good 
pro-Bitcoin legislation, whatever else there. So uh, I've got some big ideas for that, and I think it's going to be a good time. So, uh, you know, you can follow Bitcoin Caucus there. And then if you want, uh, you can go to BitcoinCaucus.com, sign up there, and uh, check the link tree in the Twitter bio if you want to hop in our Discord where I'm trying to create a uh, a bigger, a bigger, you know, not only a community of libertarian bitcoiners but a uh, resource for anyone who wants to get into it or learn more go deeper so that's all kicking off that's all starting right now uh so if you're interested come on in join i have been nick uh your guest host while jake is in supposedly iceland if it's real or not uh i don't know i have been there once it's cool whether it's real or not still remains to be seen uh so yeah he's hanging out with the trolls uh you know watching northern lights midnight sun whatever else but this has been liberty libations and we hope to see you next week cheers